and welcome to another episode of Prospects After Dark. I am your host. I am Kyle Reese here on a, uh, I guess, more traditional Sunday night episode of Prospects After Dark. Uh, you guys know how we do. We kind of roll and roll and roll and roll and roll until we've got some stuff to talk about and we talk about whatever. Um, I would imagine that on the docket tonight, um, as Colonel Lengus joins, I would imagine on the docket tonight we have the Cardinals' first 44 of their 60 men that will be a part of the 2020 season. Uh, hello, Colonel Angus, as, as Colonel Angus joins in. Um, we'll probably be talking about that. We'll probably be talking about schedules. We'll probably be talking about new rules. I would imagine we're going to be talking about draft picks. I would imagine we're going to be talking about Dominican Republican, uh, Dominican Republic players uh, uh, that were just signed. Um, yeah, hello, hello, friggin' cards. Hello, everybody that's coming in. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. You know, I, I guess the first order of business tonight on Prospects After Dark um, as tonight we're drinking Elijah Craig, some small batch. Um, I'm about it. What's up, D. Russ? Uh, hello, big old buck. Hello, uh, big old buck. What's up? Anyways, I imagine what the uh, the majority of what we're going to be talking about has to do with the first 44 men. Used to fly the L. What's up, Jeff? How are you, bud? Uh, anyways, I would imagine that the first thing that we're really going to get into um, is the 44 of the 60 men that have been inter- announced to be a part of the Cardinals 2020 season. As Colonel Angus asked, is Carp locked in as the DH? My guess would be you're talking about something similar to, as you bring up, Colonel Angus, a, a, a revolving door. I think that uh, if, if Mr. Carpenter wants to play third, uh, he'd get to play. But, you know, the one thing about Matt Carpenter is he is a team, uh, he's a team first player. We know that. There, isn't, there might not be another player on the Cardinals roster that's more team first, and that's a team-oriented uh, roster. So, yeah, I don't know. It just goes to show you that Carp's really the best. So, um, I would imagine that uh, while I would prefer if somebody else played third on a regular base, basis, I would imagine that we see Carp maybe get a time at first, get a little time at third, and then get the majority of the time at third. And I would imagine that Carpenter gets most of the DH at bats. But, yeah, you know, I would imagine Ravello gets DH at bats, probably Brad Miller, too. You know, maybe Weeders or Kisner uh, when they're at 30, uh, 30 people. Maybe, maybe that gets it. Um, hello, Matt Thompson. How are you? Uh, uh, even though I stand carp, uh, his, uh, yeah. Oh, so I guess, uh, J dizzy five one five says, yeah, yes, card signed the hundred mile an hour throwing Dominican kid. His name is Edwin Nunez. And, uh, oh, ho, ho, the godfather of prospects after dark are good. We'll get to Edwin Nunez here in a second. Uh, we haven't had him in here in, in quite some time. Uh, I am humbled and honored. To have Mr. Jason Hicks, uh, the godfather of Prospects After Dark, right on in with us. We love you, Mr. Hicks. Welcome back to Prospects After Dark. It's great to have you in here. It's great that we actually have baseball-related stuff to talk about. Uh, as Mr. Carlson enters, too, to Mr. Jeff Carlson, uh, but to Mr. Uh, the godfather of Prospects After Dark, uh, Jason Hicks, the queen of Prospects After Dark, Jennifer Hicks, and uh, the patron player of Prospects After Dark, uh, Jordan Hicks, along with the patron prospect, uh, Dylan Carlson. Uh, we raise our glass to the Carlson and Hicks family. Uh, we love you guys. Welcome to Prospects After Dark. As we talk about Edwin Nunez, you know, the Cardinals made some splashes, some uh, splash yesterday when they signed the 18-year-old Dominican kid uh, for $625,000. Yeah, it, it was a splash because uh, he throws 100 miles an hour, and that's an easy thing to run with. It's a lively 100 miles an hour. He's six foot three, 180, 190, somewhere around there. It's a great signing. There's uh, plenty to worry about with the young man, plenty that he's going to need to work on. Um, but the encouraging thing is that he's a prospect that was surging, even though he was older, even though he's had birth certificate issues. He's a prospect that was surging, 
and other organizations were very much in on him, and the Cardinals outbid other teams. Uh, he needs to continue to get his mechanics in order. He needs to continue to put on positive weight, and he'll need to continue to refine secondary stuff. Uh, but it's a great template to sign. It's a great wild card at $625,000. I'll also remind everybody that most teenage kids who throw 100 miles an hour, 18-year-olds uh, who throw 100 miles an hour, have serious arm concerns in the long run. So, again, it's an exciting piece. It's something worth getting excited about, and we'll see where it goes from here. I am so ready for Cardinals baseball from Carnalingus. Me too. Uh, to Stu Styles, I, I raise my glass. Uh, Stu Styles, I love you, bud. Uh, Stu's been going through some stuff. He, uh, he lost a friend. Uh, also, our, our good friend Ben Cerruti is dealing with stuff with his father. Uh, to my birds on the black family that are dealing with hard stuff right now, we could all use baseball. I think we're all ready for baseball. Uh, we need that distraction from all of the crappy things in this world. Uh, and I hope that my friends are getting through what they can uh, how, as best as they can. Matt Thompson says, I'm here for Alaris Montero outrage. You know, <laughs> pardon me. I don't think we're going to get much outrage here. You know, there's reason. It's reasonable that Montero and Sejas end up going to the extended camp. Um, now, if they ended up not being two of the 16 um, that end up being a part of the 60 a little bit later here, then I think there may be some reason for outrage. Uh, but I get it. Look, and I understand why specifically someone like John Nagowski ends up uh, ends up being a part of the of the roster. Although I don't think there's any reason for it. I know it's just protecting yourself at the major league. You know major league caliber readiness at the major league level in case things get weird. Like I get that. That's, I get Schrock. I know the Cardinals like Max Schrock. I know they like uh, a John Nagowski, but personally, yeah, for me, I, I much rather would have had a Luis Montero there instead of John Nagowski, but I get it. Uh, my guess is that it probably saves them money in some way. I don't know for sure. Um, total speculation, probably unfair at that too, but uh, you know, I, I don't think you're going to get much outrage here from, uh, from a Luis Montero. I, what I'm anxious to see is what happens with Dylan Carlson. Uh, I love that the Cardinals have Jose Godoy and Yvonne Herrera up. Uh, and I'm anxious to see how they handle Andrew Kisner uh, as they narrow it down to 30 if he's part of the taxi squad or whatnot. Like, there is a lot of amazing, um, a lot of amazing ground to cover, a lot of news and a lot of moving parts. John Greco, our good friend, says O'Neill is going to grab the DH spot and run with it. Yeah, you know, uh, this is something that Zach Gifford and I were talking about on Twitter a little bit uh, with Alex Carrion Velo. Uh, and I, I don't remember who else was in there, but, you know, Tyler O'Neill is a really good defensive outfielder, uh, a very, very good defensive outfielder. And I'd like to have him out in the outfield. You know, I, I, am, I am on record uh, before the, the pandemic started of saying that my outfield on opening day would be Lane Thomas, Dylan Carlson, and Tyler O'Neill, And nothing has changed to make me feel any other way. That's not to disparage Harrison Bader. It's not to disparage Dexter Fowler. Um, uh, anyone else. I just think that that's the best alignment for the St. Louis cards. Um, that's like, that's where I'm at. That's what I want and nothing's going to change. Uh, D brand three, one, four says, hello. What's up? D brand three, one, four. Hello. Not really. How are you? Uh, Mr. Hicks says, thanks for having us. No, sir. Thank you uh, for being here. Colonel Inga says, I'll take a quick 625 K as we talk about Edwin Nunez, the Cardinals most recent international free agent signing the 18 year old. Um, you know, I've, I've seen some people compare it to kind of like uh, Justin Lang, who was a second-round pick. Uh, I think it's a good cop. You know, he uh, uh, Edwin Nunez kind of reminds me of the, the Padres prospect, the former Red Sox prospect, Anderson uh, uh, Espinosa, but only in that they have big arms and probably serious injury concerns uh, uh, to, to worry about or 
um, to keep a close eye on. It's something we're going to have to keep a close eye on. Um, but yeah, like uh, he has the potential to be a big arm and, and move fast. John Greco, what does this kid come over? When does this kid come over to the States? I do not know. That's work visa stuff. Uh, that's that's beyond my pay grade. Colonel Enga says, I put on strictly negative weight. Yeah, uh, I, I'm definitely at the quarantine 15 myself. Victoria Dryden says, hello, Kyle. I've been looking forward to Pad all day. Hello, Victoria. It's nice to have you here. I'm glad that Pad can give you some happiness on, uh, on, a, uh, on an otherwise uh, mundane Sunday. Uh, as, as C70, Daniel Shaptoff says, Nagowski on the roster, you were right. And not only were you right, but I think that you were further right than I was, uh, just in the fact that he's a member of the 44 that uh, will start at training at Bush Stadium. Uh, and I get it. Uh, again, Schrock would not have been my decision. Nagowski would have not been my decision. I love that Godoy and Herrera. I mean, it makes a lot of sense that you start uh, like summer camp with five catchers. It makes a lot of sense. We should have seen that coming. Uh, but honestly, this is how out of the loop I've been and how much trouble I've had following all this. I didn't know that they, they were going to announce 44 today. I thought that they were going to announce all 60. If I would have known that they were going to announce all 40, 44, I definitely would have been uh, uh, a little bit more in-depth there. Jiggy says, is this stream for Cam Newton joining the Patriots? Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know anything about that. I'm not going to be able to help you. But what I will say is if you ask me to choose between Belichick and Brady, I'd probably take Belichick. Uh, let's see, uh, Berker mom, Jiggy says also hi, Pat family. Hello, Jiggy. Uh, Colonel Lincoln says the big Nagowski. How did I miss that? You know, they call him no go. No go is his nickname, but man, the big Nagowski is perfect. Uh, Brian, uh, Brian J underscore five says I was surprised that Oviedo was a part of the 44 at Bush. Now, again, this is my fault. If I would have known that it was, there was going to be 44 starting spring training, which our summer training, which I did not know because I've been so out of the loop and I've been working uh, really, really long and hard days. Um, I, I would have, I, I could have guessed that he would have been one of the 44. Uh, I would have guessed him. I wouldn't have guessed Nagowski. I wouldn't have guessed Schrock. Um, uh, I, I probably, I actually made a mark. I would have, I would have guessed Carlson. I would have guessed, I might've guessed Schrock and Oviedo. And then I probably would have been off with the rest of them. Uh, but, yeah, look, uh, Oviedo was impressive. Um, he was signed in 2016, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. So they have to make a 40-man roster decision with him uh, after this year, just like they are with Carlson. So it makes sense to keep him around. Uh, I love it. John Greco says, 18-year-old kid throwing 100. Who, what could go wrong? Yeah, only everything all of the time. Braden Brown, hey, Braden, what's up? Says, holy crap, I made I made one of these live. Braden, I am glad you're here. Welcome to Prospects After Dark, bud. Uh, I raised my glass again. We're drinking uh, Elijah Craig small batch uh, of Elijah Craig small batch um, to to all of my pad people to the beginning of baseball uh, to drinking booze and talking about actual baseball action, uh, not getting caught up in the politics of uh, America, but also just enjoying some downtime, uh, uh, sipping a cold one of whatever you're drinking with people that you love. Uh, what up, Kyle, from Jacking a Bunch of Numbers? Jacking a Bunch of Numbers, what up with you, my friend? It's great to have you as part of Prospects After Dark tonight. Not really says, how much movement do you expect from all the teams this year? You know, I wouldn't expect there to be a lot of movement, and I'm actually really anxious to find that out. Um, I, I personally don't expect a lot of movement. I think that some of the surprising moves, right, like Emilio Bonifacio is already on a roster. 
uh, you know, there's been a couple things that are really, really curious that I don't think anyone expected, and that's interesting to me. And there's still an okay group of free agents out there that uh, uh, um, uh, free agents out there that might be a little interesting for some teams. But I can't imagine that there's going to be a lot in the way of like uh, robust or aggressive transactions. But we'll see. You know, come come August 31st when you get to the trade deadline, if the season is going in earnest, uh, teams could get super aggressive. And you could also see teams wanting to unload as much salary as possible if people aren't coming through the gates. So I am very much not really on a wait and see because I'm excited. Uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, says, I ate an avocado tonight in preparation. Respect the grind. I love that. Yeah. Um, uh, look, eat your avocados. I hear they're the good kind of fat, uh, not to be confused with the bad kind of fat that is my fat head. Elk Grove BB says, yes, we are ready for baseball. A toast to Kyle and our, all your Cards fans from Karen and Jeff Carlson. Again, the Carlson family. The Carlsons and the Hicks uh, are the cream of the crops. I also have water and beer. I've got a Michelob Ultra here. Colonel Ingus says, uh, I have the same shirt. I got it at the Pirates game last year. Uh, I don't think I went to that game. I think somebody gave it to me. I don't remember who. I don't – maybe Scott. Maybe I did go to that game. I don't know, man. Uh, Jiggy says, we just need to reverse Uno card the Yankees and get Voigt back for DH. I look – in my opinion, the Cardinals have plenty of options for DH. I want Lane Thomas to get at bats. I want Tyler O'Neill to get bats. Um, I, I don't want it to be – like, I think that they have the options. I know people freak out about J-Mark getting traded – I know people don't like it. I, I know that Luke Boyd with the DH coming, like, I get it. But I think that the guys that the Cardinals have that they could utilize in the DH spot are just guys that in 10 years from now, or five years from now, we'd be talking about, like, J-Mart or Luke Boyd. I think they're just guys who needed bats uh, and will make the best of their opportunity if given the right amount of it bats. Hey, Loch Ness says, Kyle, I'm drunk as hell from strawberry lemon to uh watermelon jello shots but i'm gonna try to follow this cheers cheers to you Loch Ness. cheers to you good for you keep keep getting them jello shots um i hope they open up the stadium so that you and kelly can make your way down there cardinals fan 02 uh, 022 says this dh helps the cardinals so much and that means carp and edmund can both play yeah i i think so too i think that uh i, I wouldn't say helps them out but it definitely gives them a chance to get meaningful at bats for people who might not otherwise get meaningful at bats but again you know in my personal opinion uh, if I want Dylan Carlson on the roster, uh, but I also want Tyler O'Neill and Lane Thomas to get appropriate at bats. They need at bats. And, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to come. I don't know what that's going to look like. Uh, and I definitely think that there are plenty, there's plenty of room for those at bats now that the DH is there. Uh, again, we're just going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to wait and see just how aggressive uh, and just how appropriate, appropriately reactionary Mike Shields and the Cardinals front office is going to be. Ryan, our good friend, says, looking good, bro. Why no Gorman with DH would have liked him working with Carp? And I get that. I actually really get that that mind frame, uh, Ryan, St. Louis sports. But, you know, some of these guys like Avon Herrera, uh, Jose Godoy, they're there because they're catchers. Um, Dylan Carlson's there because he's already beating on the major league door. Johan Oviedo is going to be need, need Johan Oviedo is going to need to be added to the 40 man at the end of this year. So like the guys that they add, John Nagowski is older. Max Schrock is older. So the guys that they added who weren't already a member of the 40 man, they all fit in here. It makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, if they had a roster decision to have to make about Nolan Gorman next year, like it would make sense, but they don't need to have Nolan Gorman. Now when they expand to 60, Nolan Gorman will be part of that list. And we'll be talking about that. 
Uh, Jiggy says, Marv DHing a 180 average. I don't think so. I've got all the faith in the world in Matt Carpenter. Gorman would be an interesting DH, but I don't think Gorman would have been up this year. Look, again, uh, I love I love Nolan Gorman. He has a lot to work on. I'm anxious for the day that we're talking about him being a realistic option for the Cardinals roster. We're not there. Uh, let's not get distracted with what we have ahead of him, not only at third base, but just in the organization for the DH spot. You know, between Carp. Uh, and the various outfielders and other prospects that are ahead of him. I'm anxious about all those guys. I'm anxious about Carlson and O'Neill and Thomas and Ravello and Brad Miller. Uh, I'm anxious to see what it looks like. Nolan Gorman is a pipe dream at this point. Let's not get caught up in the name and the hype that comes with the first-round draft pick of a kid who matched immediately entering the organization. Let's give it some time. And remember, like, the last thing I want to do is have a kid who hasn't played above high A who struggled at both low A and high A last year at various moments, who strikes out a lot, uh, who just missed half of a season because of a pandemic in the lineup for the St. Louis Cardinals come opening day 2020 in the middle or the end of July. What do the prospects at Springfield do from John Greco? Enter squad games, play other teams. So that's going to be, from what I understand, a lot of working out, a lot of team workouts, a lot of drills, a lot of uh, simulated games, things like that. I think as of right now, um, the, the games or inner squad, I think it's going to be very much up for debate. Remember, you're going to have 16 people to start at Springfield, and then eventually 14 will join them. So you're talking about a 30 people at Springfield. You can definitely do inter-squad. You can definitely work it out that way. I would imagine they'll do something like that. But technically, the minor league baseball season has been canceled. And if J.J. Uh, Cooper over uh, Baseball America is to be believed, and he absolutely is, AAA is still trying to work out a way to have a season. AA is still trying to work out a way to have a season. Uh, both are probably pipe dreams at this point, but it's something that they're working on, and it's something we're going to have to keep an eye on. I think that would take precedence if they could swing that, if they could make that happen over some type of in-game inter-squad stuff going on at uh, Summer Camp 2.0 at Springfield. But I think we're going to have to wait and see. Um, uh, but, yeah, I think the, the emphasis of what would go on at Springfield is kind of like extended spring training or uh, spring early spring training for players. Summer Camp, I love that. Uh, holy fuck, that's my bro for my brother Scott. I was surprised to see Tony Fossass on the 44-man. 44 is such an odd number. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be 40. Uh, and then they were going to add 20 later. That's what I thought. But I also thought that we were going to hear about all 60 of them today. And I think that a lot of us, including some legit journos, uh, and, and were surprised to find out that we weren't going to be hearing all 60 names today. Uh, Andy Robinson says, really excited to see what Ponce de Leon will do this year. Ponce de Leon was one of those guys. Remember, he worked uh, uh, at the pitching lab uh, at Driveline, spent a bunch of his own money, looked great in spring training, looked like he was poised for a huge breakout uh, and then this shut him down. So, yeah, Daniel Ponce de Leon is another one of those guys that is going to have to fill some very valuable innings that is probably going to be a pretty positive uh, contributor. Now, I will also remind everybody that in September of last year and September of the previous year, he was on the Cardinals active roster and they didn't use him at all. So, uh, again, uh, I don't that was about trying to hold off and make sure that they had people ready to go, um, uh, you know, in case they needed a long reliever. Uh, they're not in that position to be able to bench somebody like Daniel Ponce de Leon. Now, they're going to have a ton of relief options, a lot of relief options that I like. Hopefully, Cody Whitley gets a legitimate chance to make an opening day roster. We're going to have to wait and see. Um, but, yeah, like, I'm I'm really excited about the potential of Daniel Ponce de Leon, and I think he can be a very, very valuable contributor to the Cardinals. Hey, uh, Mr. Hicks says, so are they just going to just pitch guys until they are tired? My guess is, uh, Mr. Hicks, is that uh, you're going to have something close to a, a pretty strict pitch count. Um uh, they'll probably pitch starters on kind of a five-day rotation until the season starts July 23rd, 24th. 
I would imagine that once you get to July 23rd or 24th, you're talking about a pretty strict, you know, 75, 70, 75, 80 pitch count. And I would imagine that the relievers are going to be on something similar to what relievers are usually on, where, you know, it's kind of 20 pitches, don't go over X amount of pitches in an inning uh, and see where it goes from there. But yeah, um, remember, they're going to work out. And then like that last week leading into spring training or leading into the season, last 10 days leading into spring training, they can actually schedule um, like uh, inner squads, quote unquote, summer training games, spring training games. They can schedule up to three of them. And I would imagine that those are going to be three big uh, dress rehearsals. Austin Stone says, I took a laxative and ordered Taco Bell. Pray for me, Kyle. Man, I've got nothing but the prayer, the utmost prayers to taking a laxative uh, and also eating Taco Bell. It sounds like, a, a, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. But in this case, I guess two wrongs make a clean colon. Jiggy says, I like asking Kyle questions so we can never catch up to live comments. I like it. Todd, Todd Squad, Todd Thiessen says, cards go after Kelby Tomlinson after missing out on Arenado. Yeah, uh, LaDainian Tomlinson and Kelby Tomlinson are a two-for-one. Uh, hi, Kyle. Is the 44 the normal 40-man plus four extras from Construction GM 14? No. Um, so the Cardinals, uh, off of their current 40-man, they they dropped, They didn't drop because they're still on the 40-man. Aliris Montero and Alvaro Cejas. Both of those guys more than likely will be part of the 60-man and the 16 guys who are training at Springfield. But those guys are two, the two guys off of the 40 who are on the 40 who are not going to be working out at Bush Stadium uh, come July 3rd. Then they added up uh, six additional people to that, or seven, right? Seven additional people, because the 40-man roster was at 39. The subtraction of Montero and Sejas dropped it down to 37. And then with the four and then the three, they added seven, which were uh, John Nagowski, Johan Oviedo, Cody Whitley, Dylan Carlson, Max Schrock, Jose Godoy, and Yvonne Herrera. Um, so, no, not all of them were on the 40. Uh, and some of them still aren't on the 40, or some of them are still on the 40, if that makes any sense. Jay Dizzy says, card sign all picks. Here's the hoping they all crush and COVID draft goes down in Cardinals lore. Yeah, here's to all seven of the Cardinals 2020 draft picks. We are hoping for the best for each and every one of them and all of their situations that they're in. Uh, we raise our glass to the 2020 uh, crop, the 2020 Cardinals draft class, uh, which is Jordan Walker, Mason Wynn, uh, Markeby and Hens, who I almost called Tink, but I'm refusing. Uh, Alec Burleson, uh, Levi Prater, Ian Bedell, and LJ Jones. How much Elijah Craig is in that a mug from Brent Burns? So it started out here, so about there, and now we're down to here already, just 28 minutes in, which is never a good sign. Sign Bartolo, you cowards. I love it. Uh, Mr. Hicks says, how long will City hold people out of stadium? I don't know that answer. I know Lida Cruson looks like a complete asshole today, uh, the mayor of St. Louis, and this weekend because of some dumb shit she did on uh, Friday. Very, very, very dumb, dumb stuff. But I know the Cardinals, uh, it's been reported, rather, that the Cardinals are working hand-in-hand -hand with the mayor's office to make fan, to get fans in the stands as soon as everything um, allows for it. And, you know, we've heard something like 20% capacity um, my hope is that something like that would happen because I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I'd wear a mask. I'd wash my hands. I'd bring my hand sanitizer and I would sit there and pay whatever money it is to watch baseball live because that's the kind of mood I am. Uh, that's the kind of spot that I'm in. Uh, so hopefully sooner rather than later. But I think it's important that we still continue to follow the rules and regulations as laid on by our health officials um, that are no harm to us, like wearing a mask um, that only help other people. Like, again, 
I don't know if that's the right thing to do. I don't know if it's the wrong thing to do, but I know it doesn't hurt me to wear a mask. Uh, so I'm going to wear a mask and it's just a little something. I'm going to wash my hands. I'm going to use hand sanitizer because honestly it keeps me safe and it also keeps other people safe. Uh, do what you want. I don't care. I'm not one of those maniacs, but um, don't do what you want and let's get baseball as soon as possible. And the only way that's going to happen is if we follow the goddamn rules. Jiggy says, if you had to trade for a DH, who would it be? Bartolo Colon. Um, my mom was very upset about the Jamar trade. Ha <laughs> ha. Well, you know, I understand it. I love Jose Martinez. Jose Martinez is a fun loving character. It's nice to have someone like Jose Martinez in the clubhouse. Um, I, I, I get that. I, I'm more upset about Randy or Rosarena as part of the Jamar trade, but I love Matthew Libertor. Uh, I'm excited to see, uh, what Eduardo Rodriguez ends up looking like as a catcher, the bowling ball catcher. And uh, the Cardinals were able to draft Marquee and Hentz because of it, too. So, you know, they grave up the 37th pick in the draft in order to get the 63rd and that all done. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to see what it has. And I get it because J-Mart is a fun, loving guy. J, uh, BJ uh, Brittingham says, Boyd doesn't have the right field fence at Bush. So excited to see the young outfielders get their shot. Me, too. Hey, Tara's in here. Hello, Tara. Uh, Yachty starts all 60 games, right? Almost certainly, Derek. Yeah, I mean... Unless he's hurt, I'll I'll wager. I will take – if you set the number at 55, I would take the over easy. If you set the number at 57, I'd hem and haul, and I would still take the over. Uh, hey, Kyle from MLB Trades. Hello, MLB Trades. Ryan Reynolds says, I'm not as familiar with Ricardo Sanchez and Cody Whitley. Got the lowdown on what those guys offer. So Cody Whitley was a 26-round draft pick a couple years back, uh, was a starter, turned into a reliever, has a very deceptive motion, good size, uh, and a, a couple of really good pitches, uh, a changeup, a fastball, and a slider. He strikes out a lot of lefties. He strikes out a lot of righties. He throws a ton of strikes. He gets a lot of weak contact. He has the potential to be a very, very good back end of the bullpen uh, arm. And he's somebody that I would imagine that in a regular season, we would have maybe already seen at this point as we entered July. I would imagine he would have been one of the guys knocking on the door uh, at the start of the season. We probably would have seen him already. He's very, very talented. He's, he's very good. Um, maybe this year's version of Giovanni Gallegos. I think that there's a, like, Giovanni Gallegos for a while there was one of the best relievers in baseball. It's never fair to, like, put those expectations on anyone else. But Whitley has the potential for that uh, and the skill set for it. And he has a very deceptive uh, motion that kind of comes over the top um, uh, and also holds runners really well for a righty. Ricardo Sanchez was a prospect that the Cardinals picked up off of waivers, uh, and the guy that they dropped off of waivers to get him was Ramon Urias. Um, and I'm not as big on Sanchez. He pitched in double A. He has a good ERA, um, does some good stuff. His fastball is kind of questionable. His slider curveball is kind of questionable. His changeup is kind of questionable. His stuff can be nasty, but he gets hit hard. And I'm always a little weird about the guys who have nasty stuff but get hard, get hit hard. And I say that, but, you know, one of my favorite prospects is Evan Kuczynski. And that kind of happens with him. Like, his stuff is good and nasty, but then he just gets, hard and get, gets hit hard and beat up. Um, Ricardo Sanchez is a wild card. He's on the 40 man. Uh, he's a lefty with good deception, kind of a bit of a bowling ball, not Ray King bowling ball esque, but a little extra weight on him. Uh, and he's a very intriguing 23 year old left-handed pitcher, uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals in the organization. Brayden Brown says, does, does Sejas provide any MLB innings this year? No, no. And since Sejas wasn't a part of the 44 man training at spring uh, at, uh, uh, at Bush stadium, I wouldn't think so. Hello, Zach. How are you, bud? Graham says, what's up, Bay? Sup, Bay? Uh, bye, Kyle. Keep on keeping on. To you, Colonel. To you, Colonel. I guess I raised my glass. Sean Sandifer says, maybe this is stupid, but what about AAA and AA having fall leagues? 
Look, nothing in that is not a dumb question. I think um, it's actually a really smart question and a, a very uh, uh, important topic to get into. I think the tough thing about having baseball uh, in a fall setting for AAA and AA is you're talking about employing of staff at stadiums. Now, again, you're trying to make your money, so it could very well happen, and it makes sense that it would happen. But it's not easy to make that all work. You know, some of these places are cold climate. Some of these places are going to get snow in October, you know, some in early November. Uh, I think I think when you're talking about having a fall league, the thing that makes the most sense is exactly what's been talked about. An Arizona fall league and a Florida, a Florida fall league where teams get to have like a level, like a, something similar to a AAA and a AA prospect league, or maybe just a, a one league for e- or one team represented, uh, uh, one team for each team. Uh, represented at that league. I think that makes the most sense. I think that's more than likely what we're going to see. Braden Brown says, could you imagine Matheny having to manage under this scenario? We're going to get to see it, Braden Brown. He's a manager of the Kansas City Royals. It's going to be a gas, man. It's going to be something else. Um, Matheny is definitely an anti-masker. That's funny. How many games would Carlson get if you had to guess? Now, again, if I had to guess, I'll say, I'll say... Man, it should be 60. Uh, how about this? I'm going to stop hedging my bets. I'm going to stop trying to guess what the Cardinals are going to do. Um, I'll say 60. Uh, no, I'll say 55. I'll say he, he plays in 55 games. That's what I want. That's what I want to see. I don't know what the Cardinals have planned. There are still outfielders on the 40-man. Uh, but what I want to see is I want to see him get somewhere in between 55 and 60. Coach Owls, oh, uh, uh, Jay Dizzle says, Jay Dizzy says, recently tried Clyde Mays bourbon. It was really good. I've never even heard of it. Wow, that's uh, Clyde Mays goes on the list. Clyde Mays. I'll check it out. Uh, Coach Housley says, surprise Gorman and Libertor weren't on the cards list. Remember, the Cardinals will still add 16 players uh, to the 44 men to get their 60. And I would imagine both Gorman and Libertor are going to be down at Springfield when they expand the list uh, for that camp. And, you know, we heard... Uh, John Mazalak on X this morning talked about the camp in Springfield being more a rookie camp than anything else. And uh, that would mean that uh, most of the draft picks are going to be there. That would mean it's going to uh, be more young uh, as opposed to old. So they'll be there. They're just not, I'm not, I am not surprised at all that neither of them are on the 44 man. They should not be. They're not ready for that. There are better options for it at this time, but I would be shocked if they're not a part of the 60. Uh, Let's see. Corona is spiking around the country. Doubt we'll see fans this year. I'm just hoping they play. Yeah, that's uh, that's it. You know, um, we just have to keep hoping that they play. We just have to keep hoping for the right stuff. Uh, and we just got to keep following the rules because one, no matter how you look at it, whether the rules are dumb or not, some people look at it dumb, some people don't. I personally don't look at them as dumb. That's just me. I respect you for whatever thing you decide to do. Uh, but we know for a fact that if you follow the rules, there's a better chance that you're going to get your way in the long run. So I uh, just hope people follow the rules and then we get what we want in the long run. Coach Brent Bond says, uh, the plexiglass shield is better than the mask. So much more comfortable. Yeah, yeah, That the mask is not always comfortable. But you know what? Uh, neither is having coronavirus. Andy Robinson, who's the guy that is a fridge, 26-man guy this year that cements himself going forward? Man, that is a great, great question. You know, Max Schrock, now, he's not a, I don't view him as a fringe 26 guy. He's not on the 40 man, but the Cardinals have gone on their way to make him a versatile, like second base, third base, left handed contact uh, with a little bit of corner outfield potential. He's the kind of guy who could, like, 
have a really good three weeks of camp and then somehow be one of the 30, one of the 33 guys that break with the team. Um, you know, I, I think other than that, like you're talking about random uh, pitchers, right? Pitchers are your best bet. Um, you know, Junior Fernandez, I think, still has a really good chance. But it's tough when you're talking about like 26 to 30 because the Cardinals will start off with 30 people uh, and then go down to 26. And I think that that'll give us a better idea. Uh, Tara, okay, I got to go podcast with Shop Tall. Thanks for giving me things to talk about. Anytime, Tara. Anytime. Have a great time. Uh, Tara and Daniel Shop Tall do Gateway. Uh, uh, the podcast, I'll release it tomorrow. They record it tonight. It's fantastic. I love listening to it. Jiggy says, looking at this date, can't believe we lost three and a half months of baseball. You know, it's not even that we've lost three and a half months of baseball. It's that we've lost three and a half months of our lives. Like, my life hasn't changed all that much. Uh, I'm not watching baseball. That's the biggest change for me. But I don't go out much. And I've worked every day uh, out in the elements. And my life has not changed at all. So, uh, but for the majority of people, they've lived through something that will probably change them forever. Uh, and probably seriously halted three months of their lives. So it's not just baseball, it's everything. But you're right, it's hard to believe that we just missed out on three months of baseball. And it was a tough three months without baseball. And now what we do, uh, we shift and we think about Major League Baseball starting and having a season and being excited about it. But we also hope at the same time that at the end of 2021, there isn't some type of strike or holdout. uh, And we don't miss any additional time of Major League Baseball in the near future. Uh, everyone is getting hard. That's right, Saluki. Uh, when you watch Prospect After Dark, you get hard. John Gricko says, this is going to be Reyes' coming out party. Yeah, that's that's a great guess. Uh, I think we're all hopeful that Alex Reyes is one of those people who, with a little extra downtime, uh, he ends up rediscovering some of his, his luster that he had just three years ago before he started getting hurt, or four years ago, however long it was. Uh, let's see. Jiggy says, the guy who... The guys who have nasty stuff who get hard. Yeah, that's uh, that absolutely sounds like something that I'd say. Oh, gosh, yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. Edwin Pavizic says, I'm ready to yell at everyone I know to watch out for the Dylan Carlson fella. I'm ready for that too, bud. I'm ready for that too. You know, and uh, now I'm not only saying it because he's in here. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited about the Dylan Carlson train uh, and getting to see Dylan Carlson. But, and again, not only because his dad's in here, but I am exceedingly happy about the idea of getting – uh, what is the equivalent of a full season of Jordan Hicks. I think that we cannot underestimate the importance that uh, having Jordan Hicks for the uh, for every bit of a season is going to be uh, in the bullpen. If he's healthy and he's roaring and ready to go, I think that that is huge. I mean, I think it's, I think it's huge and I think it's almost unquantifiable because then you don't have to get cute with Helsley. You don't have to get cute with Gallegos or Gantz uh, or Ponce de Leon. Um, it just... The bullpen is going to be a very, very important part of every team, especially at the start of summer summer training or whatever you want to call it, summer camp, uh, the start of the season when the season fires up. And to have Jordan Hicks back is huge. I mean, that is, that's huge. So, again, here's the hoping that everything's going smoothly uh, and as well as possible uh, and, and nothing but health. Uh, Brayden Brown says, extra weight. Then Ray King, oh, whoa. Yeah, no, uh, so Ricardo Sanchez does not have extra weight than Ray King. He is not on that level. Uh, That was me misspeaking, talking too fast for my own good. But I'm just saying, like, he's a little chunkier. He's got a little extra chunk. Like, it's not svelte is what I'm saying. Uh, Little Mattier says Austin Dean or Puig. Uh, I would rather have, uh, and I love Austin Dean, don't get me wrong. I'd rather have Puig in that scenario. And as much as I love Yasiel Puig, and I do, 
I am very much on board for the Cardinals DH being some combination of Ravello and Miller and Carp and O'Neill and Thomas and Carlson. And what I'm getting at is just those names that get the Cardinals at bats. Uh, I love Yasiel Puig. I think he's entertaining. I think he's a good ball player. I think he does stuff that would drive Cardinal fans, uh, old school Cardinal fans, crazy. And I am here for that. I love that. Uh, but I also love the Cardinals' internal options. And a lot of these guys are guys that I was yelling last year about not getting enough at-bats. Uh, so I want them to get the at-bats. You know, Lane Thomas was on the, the 25-man roster, the active roster, for like 47 days last year, and he only got like 38 at-bats or some bullshit like that. I, some terrible number. Like, Lane Thomas deserves at-bats. Tyler O'Neill deserves at-bats. I, I want to see what those guys can do because I believe in their potential. Cards Gift says, if you had kids catch one starter in the rotation each time through, who would it be? Uh, of course, that would mean, as Gifts points out, Yachty would be DHing because, of course, Yachty's not going to sit. Um, if I had to choose one of the guys, you know, Kiz and Adam Wainwright have a bit of a relationship. And I, I trust Wainwright to kind of be supportive to Kiz in the right way. And I know everyone loves Yachty and Wayno, and I love Yachty and Wayno. Uh, but I think that, like, the, the pitching coach mentality, the bulldog mentality of Adam Wainwright would serve Kiz the best. And the two of them have, have already teamed up for some of um, Wayno's best regular season starts in the last couple of years. And Wayno's talked really positively about being caught in spring training and on rehab assignments by Kiz. So he'd be the one guy. And I know that that would deprive Cardinals of their, their much uh, beloved Yachty and Wayno matchup. And I get that. But if I had to choose one guy, it'd be Wayno. Um, and then if I had to choose another guy, it'd be Michaelis. How would you pair up piggyback starts the first couple times through? Yeah, this is something that I've talked a lot about. I, uh, I am about that life where the Cardinals have piggyback starts uh, to start uh, two five-man rotations, if you will, where um, – and I forgot what I said and without having the names up here, but, like, I like, I like Flaherty and Gomber. I like uh, Helsley and Hudson. I like Kim and Wayno. I like Seamart. Uh, uh, and Ponce de Leon, and I like Michaelis and someone else. I don't remember. I'm blinking right now. But, like, that's what I would do the first time through. Uh, they're going to be on limited innings. They're going to be on a limited pitch count, you know, 80 pitches or so. And I just have them piggyback right off of each other is what I would do. Uh, something like that, I think it'd be interesting. Let's see. Uh, Hicks is ready and in super shape. Yeah, uh, as Mr. Hicks tells us about Jordan Hicks, uh, we saw that that uh, that – Instagram thing, that video of Jordan throwing a bullpen and the young man looks like he is in great shape. Uh, it looks like he's ready to pitch and boy, are we happy about that. I need a little water. I'm sorry. Allah Moses says, hi from Atlanta, Kyle. We're really missed that avocado head of yours from uh, April. My cousin, Charlie's girlfriend, uh, April and Charlie, I miss you guys too. Uh, not enough to do Zoom calls with you because there's no way in hell I do a freaking Zoom call again unless I have to. Um, and I don't have to do that with you. But I miss you guys, too. I hope you guys are doing as well as possible. I'm thinking about you guys. Uh, and to the Atlanta Bureau of Prospects After Dark, I raise my glass. Jiggy brings up a good point. The baseball gods took Brebbia, though. Yeah, that's heartbreaking. Again, goes to show you just how important having Jordan Hicks is. Can you imagine if just can you imagine if this was one year ago, you know, Hicks goes down and then Brebbia goes down, you know, John Brebbia was such a vital part of the 
recovery efforts after Hicks went down last year. Um, it's it sucks that Brevia is not going to be there. Uh, <laughs> uh, it sucks that uh, uh, Brevia isn't going to be there. I love I love Brevia with all my heart, um, but uh, I like a lot of these other options too. And maybe that paves the way for Junior Fernandez to get the shot that he deserves. Maybe Alex Reyes slide in and and hits his his premium, hits that that noise that we saw his prospect status a, a couple years back. It opens the door for someone else. And I like some of the other options as all of a sudden I feel like I've got the hiccups or I'm going to burp a bunch. Cards clone says really excited about the bullpen now. Yeah. And I would imagine that you're talking about when you start the Cardinal season, uh, uh, when you start the season 30, you're probably going to have 13 bench options, uh, uh, 13 position players rather. And then, you know, 17 pitchers, I would think, which means you're going to have an excessive bullpen. Um, we'll see how that all goes. They could do 14 and 16 or something like that. I think it all depends on how Brett Cecil looks in these next three weeks. Um, but yeah, like, again, I, the problem with John Brevia going down is that you don't have John Brevia, but there are still a ton of options. You know, this opens a spot for Genesis Cabrera or Junior Fernandez or Alex Reyes. Maybe it opens a spot for Johan Oviedo, who's coming to camp uh, uh, with the Cardinals. Maybe Cody Whitley can slide in. I'm excited about all the opportunity, all the chances. Uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see how these guys are used and how they're deployed. And I'm really, really excited just about a major league season. The one thing that the Cardinals have is arms. And I'm, I, I think that teams with arms are going to do really well in this shortened season. Little Matty A says, who's more important to the Cards' success, Carp or Miles Michaelis? To me, again, because you're talking about depth, uh, if, if Matt Carpenter can rediscover his, his stroke – then that's way more important. Look, the Cardinals need thump in their lineup. Now, I love Miles Michaelis. I think Miles Michaelis is very important to seeing those Cardinals. But the Cardinals have a serious amount of pitching depth and a lot of pitchers that I really like. Uh, I, there are a lot of bats that I really like, but I just think that you know, knowing the way that the Cardinals coaching staff is and maybe sticking with guys maybe just a little too long, uh, I think that when you're talking about a shortened season, having someone like Matt Carpenter there uh, he might get a little bit of a longer leash if he struggles, and I think that that hurts the Cardinals. If Miles Michaelis is hurt, then I think that you're going to have people replacing him. Um, I, I don't necessarily know if there's such a quick trigger on someone like Matt Carpenter. And I think if Matt Carpenter ends up rediscovering any of that magic that he's shown in the past um, just onto a normal level of Matt Carpenter, then that is tremendously valuable to this St. Louis Cardinals team uh, because his bat is very important, a positive gain over 2019 for Matt Carpenter. If Matt Carpenter can be the September and August version of Matt Carpenter, um, then the Cardinals are in good shape, and that's huge for the St. Louis Cardinals. VHS says, rip brevs. Yeah, heartbreaking stuff, man. Jigsy says, at least we hopefully won't have Carlos Martinez giving us heart attacks closing. You know, uh, every closer gives you heart attacks closing, right? You know, uh, that's, that's the nature of the job. Carlos Martinez was just as good as any closer we've had in my lifetime in that spot. Uh, but the, it's so hard to close a game. It's one of those things, just like Yadi's catching, that's kind of unquantifiable. Like, we can keep trying to put a value to it. We can keep trying to assess it and assess it. But it isn't easy to say. Like, the truth is not everyone can close. It's hard. Uh, and there are things about Carlos Martinez that are frustrating. Uh, but I, I had no problem with Carlos Martinez closing. I thought he did a damn good job. Uh, because I feel like every closer the Cardinals have had in my lifetime – uh, including Seamart, uh, Jordan Hicks to like the least amount degree. Um, but like Seamart, Eckersley, 
Isringhausen, Boggs, Franklin, Mott, Rosenthal. Like, that job is a job where you have to deal with the most stress possible and all the fans deal with cardiac arrest during the process. BJ Brittingham asks, will we hit so many options and uh, asterisks potential with the outfielders and Carp Edmund, almost too many options, but at least they have one more spot where they can put a bat in the DH spot. Look, uh, we've, we've been talking about it a lot on prospects after dark tonight. One of my main issues is I want the kids to get at bats. Uh, I don't mean that as a slight towards uh, Dexter Fowler or, or Matt Carpenter. My hope is that both of those guys are hitting so well that it's a moot point about who's getting at bats. Uh, but again, you know, I, I'm very much on record as saying that I think the Cardinals' best outfield alignment is Tyler O'Neill, Lane Thomas, and Dylan Carlson. I want to see that. And I think that that's the best for the Cardinals moving forward. I don't think we'll see it um, at any point during the season. And that bugs me. We're going to have to wait and see, of course. But I think that that's the best option. And to your point, yes, there are plenty of options, and I am hopeful. Uh, and I do think they will hit. I don't think you're talking about a top five offense. I don't think you're talking about, like, a top 10 offense in Major League Baseball. But they could definitely be a top half half offense in Major League Baseball, right around the 10 mark. They just need everyone to play and, and, and to do their best. The options are there. How they're deployed is going to decide how much the Cardinals hit. Cards Cologne said, could Griffin Roberts be effective in MLB bullpen now if necessary? Uh, I don't believe so. Hold on. Let me tell you why. As I take a big swig of uh, uh, Michelob Ultra. You know, the reason I wanted to take a a swig of Michelob Ultra and like reset here with Griffin Roberts is it gives us a chance to go back to the night he was drafted and all of those morons on MLB Network, Peter Gammons and uh, 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 Reynolds, Harold Reynolds, they both said that he'd be – he's the kind of guy who could pitch right now. You could put him in a lineup in the bullpen right now. You cannot. It's not that easy. A, a kid can be as effective as possible in college, and there's no guarantee that if you put him in a bullpen, a major league bullpen right away, that it's going to have a positive outcome. Almost 99% of the time, it's not. And we're talking about Griffin Roberts two years later following a drug suspension and all that other nonsense for uh, uh, weed, which is whatever – um, it's 2020. Come on. It was 2019 at the time. Come on. But uh, no, no. He, I mean, maybe, maybe if he's taking some big strides, but I want to see him get some actual reps. I think that that's good for him. That would be the best thing for him. Could he be effective? Yeah, he might be some level of effective, but you're not talking about Giovanni Gallegos or Jordan Hicks or Ryan Helsley level effective. Uh, he could potentially fill a couple of valuable innings, maybe, but he had diminished innings last year. He's was good in the Arizona Fall League. Obviously, he's going to have diminished innings again this year. Uh, what he needs is reps, and the suspension took a lot of those reps away from him, and there's still a lot of cleaning up he needs. Now, I still love Griffin Roberts. I think that there's starter upside there. I think that there's bullpen potential uh, devastating at the back end, but right now, I do not feel comfortable with that, especially like as you get to the beginning of a shortened season, you would want as much certainty as possible. Coach Housley says, Carlson, Thomas, and Bader – in the outfield, O'Neill full-time DH, what say you? Look, I am i don't have any problem with Harrison Bader. Sometimes this gets lost. I love Harrison Bader. Uh, I think Harrison Bader's relationship with Jim Edmonds gives him more, like, personal relationship with Jim Edmonds, gives him more clout and, uh, uh, like, more, I, I guess, it shines positively on him in the organization, maybe in a way 
that he doesn't necessarily deserve or it blinds people from the type of player he is. I am very much on board with Harrison Bader being the fourth outfielder, uh, an aggressive fourth outfielder. I think you could use him every night as a defensive sub and a pinch runner, get him in a bat here or there. I think that's his ultimate role. I don't think he's going to get any better with more at-bats. I think that that's how you get the most value out of a player like that. Some people view that as like saying, oh, why would you even do that? But I don't think people realize how valuable of a piece that is. That is a super, super valuable piece. We underrate uh, a fourth outfielder uh, to a great deal. And then when you're talking about a fourth outfielder with that kind of potential, uh, we definitely don't give it the credit it deserves. That's rare. To have something that good uh, is rare in that position. So for me, it'll always be Carlson, Thomas, and O'Neill. Uh, I also think that I've seen Tyler O'Neill play a better outfield when Dylan Carlson or when, uh, uh, when uh, not Dylan Carlson, when Harrison Bader isn't out there. And I think it's a communication thing. I, I've seen Tyler O'Neill run, run around all over the place and make tons of plays. And then he doesn't do that when Harrison Bader's out there. So I think, I think, I think your best outfield defensively is Carlson Thomas O'Neill. I think that your best offense, uh, offensive outfield is Carlson Thomas O'Neill. Uh, and I think that the best way to deploy um, Harrison Bader is to play to his strength, which is to get him in there defensively late in the game and get his wheels on the on the base pass, which he doesn't do himself. Uh, don't forget Mahika. Yeah, as I roll through the Cardinals closers, uh, who is your day one lineup, including DH? Who's mine? Uh, how about this? My day one would be Edmund leading off, Wong batting second, Goldie batting third, DeYoung batting fourth, Carp uh, batting fifth. O'Neal batting sixth, Carlson batting seventh, Yachty batting eighth, and then I forgot someone. Sorry. Sorry. Thomas batting ninth. How does that sound? Uh, what the Cardinals will do is it'll be DeYoung, Wong, Goldie, Carp, O'Neal, Fowler, Yachty, Bader, Someone. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Uh, the 60 games a blessing in disguise for Yachty health-wise? No, because Yachty's going to play whether he's healthy or not, uh, and he's going to prepare as if he's playing every day. My guess is that Yachty has done the same routine every day for the last three months, and my guess is that he's simulated, and, like, simulated caught nine innings every game, too. He's committed to his craft. I don't think whether the season is short or long changes his health outlook. I think he's so committed to it that he's been doing it, whether he's been doing it or not doing it, if that makes sense. Uh, as Taylor says, which teams in the NL Central will be the toughest to deal with? I think they all have a chance to be tough. You know, I think the Reds are going to be tough. That's a tough lineup and some good pitching. I think the Cubs are still going to be tough. You know, a healthy Chris Bryant is dangerous for the NL Central. Uh, I think the Brewers are going to be tough. You know, I don't have as much faith in the Brewers as other people, but uh, the Brewers always seem to get off to a good start, and you just kind of need to get off to a good start here. And, I, I, you know, the Pirates aren't a particularly good team, but the Pirates always seem to get off to a good start. Now, they're under different coaching and different management. Uh, they've lost a lot of players, but I think that it's going to be very, very tough. You know, the American League Central, the, the good news in the American League Central is that you got the Royals and the Tigers. That's a big positive. The Tigers are trash. The Royals aren't particularly good at this very moment. Now, I do think that there's an argument to be made that if the, Royal, the Royals wanted to speed up their rebuild uh, and take some of the pitchers that they've drafted in the last couple of years and start them immediately, that they might be better than a lot of people realize. Um, but they're not going to do that, and they probably shouldn't do that. It's probably not smart. But, like, the team that I'm least worried about is Detroit and then the Pirates. And then I think everybody else is going to be tough in their own way. Uh, let's see. DTS 
and SEO Cards says, what's up? What's up, DTS and SEO Cards? How are you? Jiggy says, thoughts on us playing 20 games versus the AL Central as we go right to the AL Central. Look, uh, I don't have a problem with it at all. I think that um, they're, like, I get going and keeping travel to a minimum and all that stuff. I think it's a little overblown. I, I don't, like, in my mind, I don't see how uh, an hour and a half plane ride is that much different than a two-hour plane ride. Uh, but the Cardinals are in a good position for easy and fast travel, and that's a positive. I've got to believe that this keeping them within the central is really all about cost, keeping costs down. It's not necessarily about uh, keeping players unex- or keeping players away from the exposure to COVID. I think it's got to be about cost and cost simply. Um, but I could very well be wrong about that. I'm excited about playing the AL Central. Look, the Twins are a fun team to watch, and I'm glad Cardinal fans get to watch them. Uh, they're, look, that's a tough that's a tough thing, and there's a lot of talent there. And also we get to bitch about Josh Donaldson tearing up the Cardinals, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, the Indians are a good team. We'll get to hear about Oscar, Mercado, Oscar Mercado tearing up the Cardinals. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll get to see Mike Matheny. I'm excited about playing against a team coached by Mike Matheny. How can you not be? I'm excited about the easy competition that is the Detroit Tigers and the White Sox. Uh, look, the Cardinals are going to face Luis Robert, and I'm going to bitch and whine on Twitter like a little fucking bitch uh, nonstop, and you guys are probably going to unfollow me, and, uh, as I would hope, and um, uh, that's for the best. Uh, that's for the best, really. But, look, I, I, I'm excited about playing the AL Central. I like all of those teams. They're a lot of fun to watch. That's exciting baseball, minus the Tigers and the, and the Royals. Uh, but, again, if, I'm excited about the Twins, the White Sox, and the Indians, and they're going to be tough matchups. Uh, what was your favorite draft pick other than Walker? Look, I love Bedell at, at, with the fourth-round pick. Um, I think Ian Bedell is the kind of guy – who even as a fourth round draft pick could be with the same, say that, say that there isn't a collective bargaining issue at the end of 2021. I think he's the kind of guy who we could see with the Cardinals in 2022 uh, in a starting capacity. He throws five pitches. He understands rap Soto a great deal. He understands new pitching technologies and new pitching theories. And I think that's just as valuable in the fourth round as his skill set is. And his skill set is great. So I loved Bedell in the fourth round. That's a second or third round talent, more specifically a third round talent at that point. Uh, And I think that's very valuable to the St. Louis Cardinals. He's a smart kid who's going to be able to help other players with that technology. That is important too. But he also understands that technology and he's applied it and it's made him better. He's also been pretty damn effective uh, without showing his best stuff. And he was really good in in the Cape Cod League. All of those things are huge check marks. I love Levi Prater. Uh, that's a good third-round pick. More than likely a bullpen arm, but he's sneaky. And he's got nasty stuff as he throws across his body. Uh, I like Levi Prater. I like Alec Burleson. I'm anxious to see what Burleson is. Uh, if he can tap into some of that power now that his um, he's not going to pitch anymore, maybe that happens. Then maybe you're talking about – now he's, he's not a particularly good corner outfielder. He's probably a first baseman, which means you need supreme power. But that left-handed bat, if he can tap into that power, then you're talking about a really intriguing left-handed hitting first base option moving forward. Um, and, and then, look, I love uh, Markevian Hence. I want to see how he puts on weight. I want to see him continue to add to the velocity, uh, that big two-seamer, the tumbling sinker uh, in the slider. And I love Mason Wynn. Uh, I love that the Cardinals had the balls to take Mason Wynn. The Cardinals had a great draft, no doubt about it. Cardinals had a great draft. Um, Mason Wynn is a huge wild card. It could go very wrong with Mason Wynn. 
but they did it. They went with a two-way player who's going to pitch and play shortstop. They're going to try to make it work, uh, and that's for the best of the St. Louis Cardinals. And I love that they went in that direction. But, uh, it, you know, off the beaten path a little bit because I love the win pick. I love the Walker pick. Uh, I love the Hens pick. Prater and Burleson are good picks, but I love the Bedell pick. Uh, B.J. Brittingham says, got to feed some kids. Listen to the rest on the road trip tomorrow. To you, B.J. Brittingham, we raise our glass of birds on the black. Elijah Craig, uh, to you. Ryan Reynolds says, I'm high on Brad Miller being one of the best super utility guys we've had in a while. Am I crazy? Not in my book, you're not crazy. I think that's a great move for the St. Louis Cardinals signing Brad Miller. I think that he, you know, again, utilized. I'm anxious to see how he's utilized. Maybe that's the best way of putting it. And I think that that's the best utility player that the Cardinals have had in a long time. Um, uh, I just think that, like, you know, Brad Miller and Matt Wieters are the kind of guys that you win championships with as, like, bench pieces, as utility pieces. Those veterans who are, A, fighting for a championship uh, to end their career with and fighting for playing time while also teaching players how to be professionals. Like those guys are so valuable to an organization, especially an organization like the St. Louis Cardinals. So I am particularly excited about Brad Miller on this team. I think it's a good move to have him around and I'm anxious to see how and when he's utilized. You know, I've, I've been pretty vocal about saying that I'd like to see Tommy Edmond Give, uh, give Paul DeYoung some some rest at shortstop. Now, I don't know what the 60-game thing. You're probably not going to see Paul DeYoung take too many days off. But I think it's important to get Tommy Edmond some time at short. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals put Brad Miller at short. But I also would like to see Tommy Edmond get some time at short. You know, that's kind of the one thing is now you're talking about a grind. You're talking about a race. You're not talking about a full season. Uh, and you can't really plan for things like that. So uh, I like – I think what Brad Miller prov- provides the Cardinals more than anything, especially in the shortened season, maybe specifically in the shortened season, is it provides the Cardinals a, a lot of security at a lot of a lot of positions that they wouldn't have had with Gyro Munoz. Like uh, nothing against Gyro or Edmundo Sosa or even Tommy Edmond, but – Brad Miller and his experience and his professionalism gives them something that they might not otherwise have had if they went with Edmund and Gyro and Edmundo. No, I love all those guys, and I'm hoping for the best for all of them, even Gyro with the Red Sox. Coach Owsley says, what's a 60-game season? Or rather, with a 60-game season, how many chances does Fowler and Carp get before we turn it over to the kids? Man, I still think you're talking about at least two weeks, at least 14 games, you know, at least uh, somewhere, you know, about 33% of the season would be my guess, honestly. Like, uh, I think it depends on how the games are scheduled. I I haven't heard much about that. You know, I don't know if it's going to be off every Sunday. I don't know if it's going to be off every Thursday. I don't know if it's going to be a regular schedule. There's been talk about five-game sets at places to cut down on traveling. Um, Without knowing that, I can't really say for sure. But I I think realistically you're talking about two weeks or so uh, seven, you know, 14 games before that happens. What would I do? Five or 10. Uh, honestly, I would be five or 10, but that's because I also trust the kids and I think that they can run with it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think, I think you're talking about at least two weeks would be my guess. Uh, th- let me look at it this way, right? So 60 games is, let's just say uh, 60 games is 10 weeks. Just 60 games is 10 weeks. I'm, I'm Just to make it really simple, six games a week for 10 weeks. Uh, the regular season is six months long more than likely carp and Fowler would have gotten a month and a half two months i think that projects out to about uh two of ten weeks you know two or three of ten weeks i think i think that's about about right i think that that's what we'll see again i think that it would do the cardinals well 
to shorten that leash a little bit. But I also think it depends on what the standings look like, right? If, if one of the teams are starting to get away, like if the Cubs are five games up, you know, 15 games into the season, I think the Cardinals might not have the same type of leash on Fowler or Carp or Bader or anyone else, whoever that might be, uh, as if they're a game back or two games back. And I think the standings are what will dictate how quickly the Cardinals ha- uh, pull that leash back on those players. DTSNSTL says, how, how nice would it be to have Jose Martinez for DH right now? Yeah, again, I'm, uh, we were talking about it a little while ago. The, the whole fatu- infatuation with Jose Martinez as the DH is kind of beyond me. You know, somebody brought up Luke Voigt earlier. I, I, would be, I would be more on board with it if I didn't like the other options that the Cardinals have. Look, I think th- I really mean this. I think when you look at WRC Plus and what they can actually do on the base pass as a runner uh, and also doubles and power potential, I think Lane Thomas could be just as offensively impactful uh, as, as J-Mark could be. I think Tyler O'Neill could be substantially more impactful as um, as J-Mark could be. I think Edmund playing third and Matt Carpenter DHing could be substantially more impactful than J-Mark. So again, while I love Jose Martinez, I love the, the excitement he played the game with, his childish uh, but in the best way demeanor. I love Jose Martinez, but I also love a lot of the internal options, and I think that maybe we overrate Jose Martinez. You know, the, the infatuation with like wanting to look back on players that you had and hope for the best that's not really my thing. What I'm focused on and what I'm looking at right now is the options that the Cardinals have at DH, and I think that they're just as good uh, as, as J-Mart. Now, they might not make as much contact. They might not be 300 hitters, but I think when you're talking across the board about what they can do, how they can run the bases, what they can do on the bases, uh, the doubles potential and the home run potential, uh, I think that's way more valuable than just hitting 305 or 280. Uh, give me the guy with the full portfolio, not just the guy who makes some contact. Now, that being said, the one area where they're going to struggle is going up against big velocity. Jose Martinez could hit big velocity. Not everyone can. Uh, so that is that is definitely a, um, a blind spot in the potential 30 to 28 to 26 man. Coach Owsley says, having Cecil on our 40 man is also tough. We'll wait and see how that goes. Look, uh, I think that there's a lot of reason why the Cardinals, uh, I think there's good reason why the Cardinals would bring him to camp. And just like it is with spring training, like there's no harm in bringing him. But look, the one guy who I am confident that the Cardinals have, will not have any type of long leash with is Brett Cecil. Look, more than likely, Brett Cecil would not have been a member of the Cardinals with 60 games left in the season. They know that, but they still need to see what they can get out of him, if they can get anything out of him. But don't think for one second that they're not going to have trouble cutting Brett Cecil. Look, if Brett Cecil looks like dog shit, uh, a week before the season is going to start, he's gone. I would, I would promise it. They have no reason to get their return. Uh, they've already gotten their return. Uh, uh, they know that. They understand that. It, it, like Brett Cecil is just something that they have right now, who they can see if they can get something out of. Uh, and if it doesn't look like he's doing anything positive in this the camp at Bush, they'll cut him. I have all the faith in the world in that. John Greco, true or false? If O'Neill played all sixty. He'd lead the team in home runs. I'll say false because I still think it'd be the young. And I still don't think Tyler O'Neill would let loose uh, because this is an organization or this is a coaching staff that has emphasis on making contact and not, not striking out. Um, uh, I, I think that he, he might hold back his power and just try to make contact a little too much. I still think it'd be the young. By the way, uh, to Holden Cantor, I raise my glass. He's the DTSNSTL. Uh, we raise our glass, Holden. You know, I'll, I'll say it. Go Rams, uh, uh, just for you. Uh, but I prefer that they were the St. Louis Rams. You get what I'm saying. 
Cards Clone says, any thoughts on Pirates? Mitch Keller. I played with him in high school. Oh, uh, so Mitch Keller is one of those guys that we really like. I think Mitch Keller has the potential to still be a very good starting pitcher uh, in, in baseball. Um, it's funny, like, where my mind goes with Mitch Keller is Brad Keller uh, a, a lot, and maybe he ends up being something like Brad Keller, but he definitely has way more upside. Uh, he's a very, very good pitcher, and my hope is that the Cardinals don't have to see him because he could end up being a roadblock in some of these games, and we don't want roadblocks. We want the Cardinals to absolutely steamroll the fuck out of the Pirates. Jiggy says, can't believe an hour has already passed. I love Pat. Me too, Jiggies. Uh, again, to all of my Pad people, as I uh, as I finish up the Birds on the Black, uh, Elijah Craig, Small Batch, to all of the Pad people who are still in here, uh, look, we've got baseball on the horizon as long as COVID doesn't fuck it all up. I am very excited about having the opportunity to talk about baseball. Uh, um, not necessarily the prospects, because we don't know what that's going to look like just yet, but I'm very excited about the opportunity to talk about baseball with all of the Pad people, all of the Birds on the Black people, because the Birds on the Black and the Pad people are the best of all of the Cardinal fans, the most, uh, the biggest hearted of all of the Cardinal fans. So to all the Pat people, all the Bot B people, I raise my glass. There's a lot more bourbon in there than I thought. Uh, Cardinals fan at 22 says, with Brevia down, we see a guy like Cody Whitley get a chance. I am hopeful. I am hopeful. But again, like if you look at my, like even the 29 man roster I did, um, like the bullpen would still be Kim, Gallegos, Hicks, Miller, Webb, Ponce, Gant, Helsley, Fernandez, Cabrera, Reyes. Uh, yeah, like, I want to see Cody Whitley. And I think Cody Whitley's ready to contribute at the major league level. But there are still a lot of guys. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful we get to see it. I'm hopeful it happens. Uh, but, man, there are still a lot of guys. You know, for me, I'm anxious to see Junior Fernandez and Genesis Cabrera and Alex Reyes in an expanded role. Uh, I'm anxious to see a, a healthy Jordan Hicks. I'm anxious to see Giovanni Gallegos and what – Pardon me, what he can do as compared to last year, like Daniel Ponce de Leon in a, in a more prominent role. What KK Kim is capable of doing. Like, I'm excited about it all for sure. But yes, give me Cody Whitley. I'm ready for it. I'm ready to see what it looks like. Uh, uh, April says, this whole thing is blowing my mind. Can't believe there's going to be baseball. Yeah, yeah, you know, I can. Uh, it, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I, I, we're going to have to wait and see how it all goes. You know, if there's, if, if there's a chance that all of a sudden everybody tests positive for COVID, that's really going to change it. But, you know... While we are seeing an increase uh, rate of people that age, you know, in their late 20s, early 30s, getting the disease, uh, we're also seeing that there are just a lot of positive tests of people being asymptomatic. So uh, I think that there's a way to make it work. I think that the Baseball and the Players Association is trying to make it work, and they're looking for every way to make it work. Uh, but I also, like, I understand the concern with the disease, but I like, I'm also not terrified of it. Um, maybe I should be uh, whatever, but if you, what I know for a fact, what every doctor will tell you is if you take the proper precautions, then you protect yourself and everyone else. And that's what's going on here. And sure. Some people are coming up with it, but there are a lot of them are asymptomatic. So I can't believe there's going to be a baseball season. There's still a chance that there might not be, but if they're going to do it, it's going to do now before that second wave comes in. And I know that the whole second wave thing, and maybe it's just the extension of the first wave and more testing and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, for real, like baseball's fine. They can make baseball work. Uh, Sean Sandifer says, why so many interleague games seem strange to me. It's only because of travel. Like now, sure. Maybe it makes a lot more sense, uh, Sean, to just do NL central versus uh, NL central and AL central versus AL central. But I think they wanted some variety in there, so it wasn't just all about, like, 
Cards, Pirates, Cards, Cubs, Cards, Reds, Cards, Pirates, Cards, Brewers, Cards, Cubs. I think it was just trying to keep it, like, spiced up a little bit. Again, don't think of it as interleague. Um, just think of it as uh, um, interlocation. That's, like, that's what I look at it. That's how I view it. So, uh, yeah, like, uh, and you're only talking about 20 games, and I know that that's a third of the season, but I kind of like it. I kind of like that every game is going to be against the Cubs, Brewers, Pirates, and Reds. I like that we're going to get to see the White Sox and Indians and Twins, uh, and then the other two teams, the Royals and the Tigers. Like, I'm, I'm anxious about it. I kind of like it. To me, it makes it more exciting to me. Um, and maybe it doesn't have the same weight. Maybe those games don't have the same weight, uh, but it's kind of exciting. Uh, so to your question, why so many, so many interleague games? I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, we're only talking about 20, and I know 20 is 60, but that's not bad. It's not bad at all. Jiggies says, I'm still holding my breath that we get baseball at all. Yeah, again, um, we there's no guarantee we're going to get baseball. There's an agreement, and there's plans, and there's rosters being unleashed. But there is no guarantee. Loch Ness says, and I'm back. Hello, Lisa. How are you? Welcome. Uh, Jigsy says, 60 games is going to be so fast and exciting. I agree. Yeah, so, like, that's where I'm at. Like, uh, 60 games. And it's funny to me because you see a lot of people talking about, this is what the the, uh, the Nationals looked like in the first 60 games of the year. And this is what so-and-so looked like. And this is the rate of so-and-so in the first 60 games of the year. You're talking about the last 60 games of the year. Uh, because of the size of a major league season, a regular major league season of 162 games, teams take take less chances, or maybe that's not the way of putting it. But at the beginning of a season, a team can deal with a lot more shit than what they would deal with down the stretch, a contending team. So to talk about like what a team would do for the first 60 games of a season is not accurate at all. I want to know what teams did in the back 60 games of a season, because that's more along the lines of what we are seeing or what we are going to see. Um, yeah, so that's like... Again, it's going to be fast. It's going to be exciting. Every game manner matters. Every pitching decision matters. Every lineup decision matters. Every change uh, matters. Uh, and, you know, every substitution matters. Every out matters. And uh, that would mean that every, you know, th- in my opinion, that tells me that the team that's most fundamentally sound is really going to uh, do well here. So the teams that are fundamentally sound might have a, a, um, a leg up. And my hope is that the Cardinals are more twenty the 2019 version of themselves than they were the 2018 version. And if that's the case, with the pitching that they have and they're uh, not giving a way out, uh, I, I think that they're in good shape. Jigsy says, also with 60 games, we are going to see some weird stats, some crazy averages in ERA. Yeah, that's a lot of fun too. Like Jeremy Hazelbaker might end up being a top 15 finisher in an MVP award. You know, maybe Tommy Pham, all of a sudden Tommy Pham takes the Padres to the playoffs and Tommy Pham stole 20 bases in 60 games and hit 15 home runs. Maybe Tommy Pham is an MVP candidate. Like, it's really exciting. Like, that's the kind of shit that excites me. And sure, it's not on par with a 162-game season, but that's exciting. Like, some guys are going to gain value here that might not otherwise have had a chance to gain value on this level. You know, uh, uh, some guys might get boxed out of their value. You, You just never know. But it's going to be an intense 60 games, an intense 60 games. And I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about the variables that a lot of people are throwing out as being a concern. Like, those, those variables are awesome to me. Like, like you're talking about, like, uh, what, if, what if Ryan Helsley pitches in 20 games and doesn't let up an earned run? That's awesome, right? It, 20 innings, uh, 22 innings, no earned runs, 
30 Ks, something like that, or one earned run or two earned runs. Like that changes that whole dynamic. You know, and again, if somebody gets off to a good start, then you're talking about something magical, something wonderful that can really propel them or make them dangerous or increase their value. And I'm about that. You know, on the flip of that, there's always a concern that, like, somebody has three terrible starts and then never gets to pitch again in the majors as a starter. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know. Like, this season, because of the rarity of it, it's going to change baseball moving forward. Maybe not just with rules, maybe with rules. Who knows? Uh, but that kind of excites me, you know, even even the shit that people get fry, like fired up about. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that change is necessarily wrong, even if it's change that I don't particularly like. I think sometimes we just have to broaden our horizons and hope for the best. Quinn. Hello, Quinn. Uh, this isn't a popular opinion, but I'd like to see them experiment with Dex at DH for a week or so. Yeah, I think Dex is going to get time at DH. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I made it. What's up? To, hey, Spaghetti Jones. How are you? I'm going to raise my glass of uh, bourbon. have you seen any of McCutcheon's videos on Instagram? They're gold. Now I'm not on Instagram. I don't follow any of that. But what I will say is I pour my Michelob Ultra in my bourbon cup. Uh, What I will say is I did see that tops baseball card of, Oh God. Sorry. I over poured my Mick. Uh, I saw the Topps baseball card of Andrew McCutcheon in the throwback Phillies Jersey where it's like, he's got the Jersey button down to his belly button. And he's wearing that, wicked-ass gold chain, and he kind of looks like Shaft, uh, and that was enough for me. McCutcheon's awesome. Like, that's a funny dude. He's a great guy. He's the kind of guy who, like, in two years, I would love for the Cardinals to add uh, and then have, like, a, a career end similar to what, like, Carlos Beltran or uh, 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 Lance Berkman had. Yeah, I love I love Andrew McCutcheon. So to my Michelob Ultra, I'm going to add a little Elijah Craig, just a little bit. Uh, and then once we're done with this, the night's over. So we got about a, a mug full of booze. Uh, let's see. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, bro. I uh, decided to start this account to talk more Cardinals. Awesome. I like that, but I like that. Has anyone checked on what MLB at bat will cost this year from Coach Brent Bond? That's a good question. I got a little email notification saying that my subscription was going to, uh, uh, to MLB TV was going to expire. Uh, I don't know what to say about that. I would imagine it's going to be through the roof. Now, on the on the topic of Major League Baseball being televised, I said it in a tweet, but Major League Baseball needs to have every minute of this summer camp televised. Put a robotic camera out in center field and have somebody in a booth uh, uh, videoing everything. Make it accessible. Make it accessible on MLB.com. Uh, you can, like, without a subscription, make it accessible. If the team is going to have a, a summer training game, like an inter-squad game or whatever, whatever, make that game available. They need to do everything they can to make these games and the training available for eyes to see. That is, that is so important here. So how much will MLB, MLB at bat cost for this year? My guess is it's going to be exactly what the last two months of a season would cost anyways. I don't think they're going to like spare people a cost. Um, I think you might get like a seven day period where it's like $10 cheaper or something like that or 10% off. But, uh, uh, I think that, uh, I think it's going to be about the same price, but the most important thing, regardless of the subscription is to get as much televised as possible. Uh, whether it be on Fox sports network here in St. Louis or on MLB.com or STLcards.com or whatever the hell their website is like that is important. Get the game out in front of as many eyes as possible. Put it on YouTube. Put it on Facebook. Put it on Twitter. All of this stuff, all of the training camp stuff, put all of it on there. I, I don't care. 
Like, that is so important. And you know what? We'll watch. And for the next three weeks, as it leads into the 2020 season, starting in July 23rd, 24th, we will all watch and talk about it and get excited. You know, imagine we're all sitting there and uh, Adam Wainwright is just throwing some live BP and Yvonne Herrera puts one over the left field wall. Like, that's going to be an exciting moment that we'll get to see that doesn't mean anything, but it's something we get to see that we'll get to talk about. And we need to talk positively about baseball. And the only way we're going to talk about positively, the only way we're going to talk positively about baseball is if we're having it in front of us and there is stuff positive to talk about. So get those cameras rolling, get it going, put a cameraman out in center field. He won't be around anyone uh, and just film it and put it on MLB and get it to us. Get it to us. Give me that content. I love that content. Cutalangus says you're still here. I am Colonel Ingus. My guess is uh, we've got about another 10 minutes while I drink this. Jake Gunter says, Carp's 2018 second half would be MVP this year. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. And even more so, if you go back and look at Carp's April and September, or April, God, I'm a fucking asshole. Look at Carp's August and September of last year. And if he does that this year, none of us are bitching about his, his statistical output. Think about that. Think about that. Sean, Standis, Sean Sandeffer says, speaking of Jigsy's point, what do we do with this season stats? What if someone has a 400 average? Then they get the batting championship. Um, I, I think it's like I think it's like 178 at-bats or something like that to qualify for the batting championship. Give it to them. Who cares? Who cares? Here's my thought. is while we're, It's not 162 games. The, the hurdles and the obstacles – the severe situation for which this season will be played underneath, the stress that comes with it, the dynamic that changes because every game truly matters, makes it just as impressive, if not substantially more impressive, that a person is able to do those things. Now, again, the number of at-bats changes the conversation. And I understand that it's harder to hit 400 over 502 at-bats than it is over 180 or whatever. But... Those, those 502 at-bats don't happen in 60 games. Uh, they don't happen when you're when every game matters, when every at-bat matters, uh, when your teammates are out for two days while they're waiting on COVID results. Like, the fact – you're not talking about a shortened season because of uh, labor strike. You're talking about a shortened season because things are fucked in the world. And to me, to me – that carries extra weight here. So while it isn't 162 games, while it is only 60 games, the weight of the situation makes it just as impressive that somebody hits 400 or wins a triple crown or breaks Bob Gibson's ERA record or whatever. Like, again, it's not 162, but it's also not a labor-shortened season. It is a pandemic-shortened season with crazy rules in place, crazy restrictive rules in place, probably for the better. Uh that's not for me to decide. I'm just some asshole. I'm literally the dumbest person you'll ever hear. Uh, but that makes it all very impressive to me. And I don't think we need to run around like assholes and try to put asterisks on everything. It's still a season. Um, it's a shortened season, but it's still a season and it's still impressive. Remember, like, don't lose perspective. Do not lose perspective on the obstacles that this season presents. It's not a 60-game season. It's a 60-game season in the face of a pandemic. And that is something completely different than just a shortened season. 
Quinn says, I wouldn't mind if they were the August 2018 Cardinals, but I see your point. That'd be great. Little Matty A says, if there are major ratings this season, do you see the season getting shortened next year after the CBA? Now, this is something we talked about a little bit on, on uh, Twitter, um, just a little bit, not quite uh, extensively. Um, but uh, I, you know, there's been, let me, let me start over. Sorry, I got a question on Twitter from Alan Seidel, or Seedle, Seedley, Alan Seedley. Who says, what's the cost of cutting Cecil? At this point, it's like $3 million. Uh, they'll cut that. That's fine. That's not an issue. Like, they would have cut him in April, and it, that's not an issue. Um, the question was, if there are major ratings this season, do you see the season getting shortened next year after the CBA? I think that that is a very interesting bargaining tool that both the, the, the owners and the players will be able to use. I think that the some owners have talked about being – pro like 154 game season and i know the players are all about getting a couple extra days so i can definitely see a season being shortened but we're not talking about shortened to 100 games or 60 games we're talking about being shortened to you know 150 154 maybe 146 at the at the most so yeah i could see it but i don't think you're talking about anything huge um you know like 100 games or 60 games or anything like that uh, have you already talked about Puig? I hopped on late. We talked about Puig only in that, like, I love Yasiel Puig. I think he's exciting. I would love to have him as a member of the St. Louis Cardinals. I think he's fun to watch. I think he's good. I love that he would drive those old-school Cardinal fans crazy, and I am here for that. But I personally would like to see the internal options get those at-bats, whether that be Carlson or Thomas or O'Neal or Miller or Ravelo. I would just like to see that. That's my own personal opinion. I love Yasiel Puig, too. Don't let that get lost. Coach Owsley says, what if Mookie Betts only plays 60 games for the Dodgers? Cost them picks and joins the cards. That'd be awesome. I wonder, like, that is the one thing, definitely. My assumption is that some guys like Mookie Betts might do better uh, in the free agent market following the 2020 season, getting a one-year deal, and then getting back in the market the year later. Uh, that's what I think would be in his best interest. But we're going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to wait and see how that money plays out. We're going to have to wait and see if people find their way in the stands. We're going to have to wait and see what COVID looks like come September time, October time, playoff time. Uh, all of these things are important. But that would be awesome. you know. But then again, like Mookie Betts still makes the Dodgers better for 60 games. Uh, substantially better for 60 games. And that's already the best team in the National League. So, uh, you know, if you're going to trade for a player, if you're going to trade picks – um, and prospects, like, that's the guy you do it, knowing that even if you don't know, rather, even if you know shit could get weird, that's the kind of guy you still trade all that stuff for. The real RW22 says, and we need more bourbon. Uh, so this is Michelob Ultra and a little bit of Elijah Craig. I'll pour a little bit more Elijah Craig, just just a, a little snifter, a little snifter in there, just just mixing. Uh, let's see. Jay, hey, Jay Frank, thank you. Feel dumb asking, but are we? Sorry, uh, feel dumb asking, but are we 100% sure C-Mart is going to be a starter all year? No, no, we're not sure about anything, you know. Uh, my buddy uh, Adam Butler, who I love with all my heart, my former colleague at the Redbird Daily, mentioned that he, he thinks that there's validity to making C-Mart part of the bullpen. And I get that. I think that makes a lot of sense. Adam's a smart guy. And when you listen to him and you think about what he's saying, like, it makes a lot of sense to think that the Cardinals would do well or maybe even better to have Seamart in the bullpen because the bullpen is going to play a pretty valuable role, especially early on in the 60-game season. But for me personally, I like Seamart as a starter, and I also want Seamart to be a starter in the long run 
And I think that he's going to rack up more innings as a starter in these 60 games than he would in the bullpen. And I think it's valuable for him to be a starter next year, for him to get every inning that he possibly can as a starter. I also think he's better as a starter. I also think he has more uh, numeric value to the Cardinals as a starter. Um, not to take away from how valuable he is to the bullpen, but I think that now, again, you lost Brevia, but I think that bringing Hicks, having Hicks, Gallego, and Helsley, I think that's, I think you can get away with not having Carlos Martinez. And, you know, you have Kim to cover long innings, and I love that. Uh, so I, I, to your point, are we 100 per, to your question, rather, are we 100% sure Seamart is going to be a starter? Uh, no. No, but we're also not 100% sure that anyone's going to be a starter all year under a regular season because baseball. Uh, but during a 60-game season, I feel confident that if they were to give him a starter spot, that A, that's the best thing for the team, but B, that he'd be able to handle every fifth day uh, for 60 games. Holden says, I need some bourbon recommendations, by the way. So I'm drinking, Holden, this Elijah Craig small batch. It's like 30 bucks here in St. Louis. It's pretty good. It's, I mean, it's really good. It's really good. Get some of that. The Four Roses, we love the Four Roses yellow label. We love their small batch. Uh, Four Roses across the board is great stuff. If you're looking for something that every place has, uh, like Jim Beam Black is good. Jim Beam Devil's Cut is good. Uh, Old Forester is about 22 bucks. That's good. Uh, on the low end, Rebel Yell is only like 14 bucks. It's not awful. Um, Bullet, um, Knob Creek is really good. Uh, uh, anything that's barrel aged, I'm a fan of because that means it's probably higher in alcohol content. Uh, but yeah, look, you can't go wrong, man. All of those things. I hope we gave you some good suggestions. Uh, Jeff Niehaus says, I'm switching from boxed Aldi's wine to Dickel 12. There you go to Dickel 12 and both boxed Aldi's wine and Dickel 12. Aldi's beer is really good. That El Monterey, which is their, um, uh, knockoff Corona is delicious. I love it all. Uh, to booze. I'm cheering to booze. Jigsy says, I don't trust the Cardinals but to put a camera in center field. Oh, that's great. Holden says, going to head out. Cheers, guys. Holden, I hope we got you some good bourbon suggestions. Thank you for being here, bud. Uh, they'll film the empty crowd. Never mind. Never mind. We back. Ask Folsterix. Quinn asks, it's a level playing field. Every team is under the same rules. I don't get the asterisk talk either. I just think, like, I think that the very nature of baseball is to be somewhat dramatic. I think that's why it's a, like, I, like the, the nature of it being 162 games and the season being long and in the summer and every moment being ultra dramatic and slow. I think it lends itself to drama. And I think the asterisk talk is a lot of drama, uh, but it also shows you that there's like some over-evaluated self-worth that comes with baseball and baseball fans where we think that we have to put like a huge asterisk on something as um, uh, unimportant as baseball, even though it's important to us. It's one of those things where we can't differentiate what's really important and what's important to us. Uh, so like, I get it, but Quinn, I'm with you, but I don't get it. Uh, Colonel Langa says, this World Series champion will be more impressive than others, in my opinion. I am with you, Colonel Langa. I think that, uh, uh, I, I think that, if you can win a championship in the face of all of this, then cheers to you. And, you know, I had somebody ask me, like, um, well, what happens if the uh, what happens if the Cardinals play the, the Yankees and Glaber and Judge and Giancarlo uh, and um, what if they're all out with COVID and the Cardinals win? Does that diminish the World Series? No, because 
what if all three of them were out with injury in a 162-game season? We don't put the asterisks on injuries either, you know? So, no, it, it does not diminish the World Series victory. Sure, it's something that people will talk about for months and months and months and months and months. But then in 25 years when people are talking about the World Series, when they're naming off World Series, they'll go so-and-so won 19, so-and-so won 20, so-and-so won 21, so-and-so won 22, so-and-so won 23. They'll just keep naming it off. Uh, the asterisk is only for idiots in the moment. That's all it is. Little Matty A says, you're the best. God bless and good night. To you, Little Matty A, I raise my glass. Uh, God bless and good night. Oh, Colonel Angus takes a low blow shot at the Astros. So it's definitely more impressive than that 2017 champs. I agree. Do you think Kim should start from Cards LeBron? By the way, Cards LeBron, I've seen you pop up here and there in my notifications. Uh, and I think that's a great, great Twitter handle. I should follow you. And if I think about it, I'll do it. Um, but I love that Twitter handle. Do I think Kim should start? I think that if somewhere down the line, Adam Wainwright retires, I would love uh, a KK Kim in the starting rotation. I love that. But I also like, uh, I, I also like um, Flaherty, Seamart, Wayno, Hudson, and Michaelis more. Now, I would like Kim more than Hudson, but it's unrealistic. Um, but I also like Helsley more than Hudson. So that should show you how unrealistic my opinions about who should start are. But, uh, yeah, look, I think he has a potential. I think that I am very grateful that he's a member of the St. Louis Cardinals, and uh, I love the insurance that he presents for the starting rotation if a couple of those guys go down. Jay Frank, I like the idea of doing split starts like in the WBC, not like one inning and switch, but like four and four. Yeah, that was something we talked about a little bit earlier and also that I tweeted about. I'm about the piggyback lifestyle. That's that's something that I like. I think there's an advantage to that. And that doesn't like hurt your bullpen at all. I think you could probably argue that it probably gives your bullpen a little bit more rest, a little bit more work. I think it's a tough idea for older baseball fans to, to buy into. I know it's not easy for me to buy into. You know, it's something that I, I'm, I find myself constantly talking myself into. Uh, it's not easy to do. It hurts to do. Um, but I, uh, uh, I think that there's an argument to be made specifically for the shortened season that it's the way to go. And the Cardinals are in a good position there because they have a ton of pitchers who can go four innings and be effective in those four. JT Frisch says, Kyle, help me. I can't get past the 35-man roster. Those last five cuts are going to be really hard. I am with you, JT Frisch. Uh, for me, I don't think it's as hard. I think you're talking about Yachty, Goldie, Wong, DeYoung, Edmund, Carp, Fowler, Bader, O'Neill. Thomas Weeders, Miller Ravello, Flaherty, Seamart, Wayno, Hudson, Michaelis, Kim. Guy, I go through writing this down, right? Hicks, Miller, Webb, Ponce, Gant, Helsley, Fernandez, Cabrera, Reyes, and Kisner. Uh, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Anything could happen. Now, again, that's what I think the Cardinals will do. Uh, but what I would do, of course, is something completely different, more than likely. I love, and I think that, like, to your point, JT Frisch, I think that, that speaks to the depth that the Cardinals have and how good, like, how, what in good, like, what good shape they're in on their 40 man and depth wise at the top to face a season that's so dynamic or with so many obstacles. So yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see who the 30 guys are that, uh, that come North that stay at Bush stadium with the team come July 23rd. A lot of good pitchers to choose from. I'm with you. Remember the asterisks on Maris's 61 home runs. Now to VHS's point about the asterisks on Maris's 61 home runs. Remember, uh, the, the reason that there's a quote-unquote asterisk on Maris' 61 home runs is he did it in 162 games uh, when uh, uh, Babe Ruth only did it in 152 or 54. I never remember that number exactly because I'm a, I'm a fucking moron. 
Uh, but yeah, so again, no one remembers that asterisk. No one talks about that asterisk. They just talk about Maris breaking the home run record. And to me, the, the home run record 73. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, I, I hate that Barry Bonds took steroids. I hate, I hate that it happened. But the home run record 73, there's never been a more dominant hitter in my life than Barry Bonds, steroids or not, human growth hormone or not. I've never seen anything like that. And you know what? I had hardly ever seen anything like it before he started beefing up and taking steroids. So to each their own, I get it. Uh, but, you know, asterisk gets his point to what uh, uh, Colonel Angus was saying a little while ago. In 25 years, people aren't going to say, oh, the 2017 uh, Astros, you know, they banged on trash cans. No, no, they're going to say, they're going to say, 2016 championship, uh, 2017 championship Astros, 2018, we're just going to keep nailing that shit off. And then the smart people will know what it is. The smart baseball fans will know what it is, but still recognize it. And everyone else will move on with their live long lives because baseball is still just a game that we take way too seriously, but appropriately seriously at the same time. Jigsy says, I feel really bad for Maris after the Mark Sammy 30 for 30. Uh, I did not watch that. I heard it was more a uh, uh, an exploration down memory lane than it was. Or it was more, a, 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 I guess, an adventure down memory lane than it was an exploration of that season. And I never watched it because of that. Uh, Quinn says, my prediction is LAD finally wins it and everybody tries putting an asterisk on it. Yeah, whoever will look. Whoever wins the World Series this year immediately, especially because of how connected we are because of social media and television and blah, 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 blah. The question is going to be, should we put an asterisk on this? Should we put an asterisk on this? Should we put an asterisk on this? And then you're going to hear a lot of loud people say, yeah, we should put an asterisk on it. That's not a real season, blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't take away from the fact that, you know, in retrospect, when you look at the history of the game, there's not going to be an asterisk on it. So fuck those people. The real RW22 says, okay, real question, six-man rotation. The Cardinals don't need to do a six-man rotation. With a 30-man roster entering the season, they're going to have plenty of pitching options. There isn't a limit on how many pitching options they can bring. Uh, they're going to be able to get four innings out of Wayno and Hudson and Seamart and Flaherty and uh, Michaelis. And they're going to have plenty of bullpen options. And the Cardinals are in a better spot than a lot of people because the bullpen options that they have are legitimately good. And they're getting Jordan Hicks back. And that is huge and big and wonderful and delightful and all those things that make you horny. Um, we should do it. Yeah. Uh, Colonel Inga says we should do a 12 man rotation. I, on Twitter a couple weeks back, just jokingly, I said, look, every man on the 40 man should bat once. Every man on the 30 man should bat once. And they should all be forced to play an inning a game, just like T-ball or Little League. I, I love your idea, Colonel Angus. Uh, Mark, hey, Mark, what's up? Uh, just got in surprised by the amount of catchers on the 40 man. It was something that I, I was so stupid to not see coming. I'm embarrassed that I didn't see the amount of pitchers coming, right? Because you want your pitchers to get up to speed. And you can't do that if you only have two catchers or three catchers or four catchers. Like, I, I and also, real fast, I'm going to raise my glass for Jose Godoy. I love Jose Godoy. He's a great guy who does great stuff for the fans in every town he plays in. He's a career minor leaguer who has a chance to open up camp at Bush Stadium with the St. Louis Cardinals, who might find his way onto the Cardinals team on a 40-man, kind of like Travis Tartamella. Um, that's the kind of guy you root for. I love that guy. But, yeah, I was very stupid to not see that the Cardinals would be aggressive about the amount of catchers because they need their pitchers to get innings to get ramped up and ready to go. And you can't do that without catchers. So to Jose Godoy, a career minor leaguer who was kind of cast out, who someone, some prospect experts 
experts, like I have any fucking knowledge at all, uh, uh, some prospect douchebag like myself, uh, just completely cast out as nothing more than organizational depth. The Jose Godoy, I raise my glass. Uh, uh, and also John Nagowski to a lesser degree, Max Schrock to a lesser degree. But I raise my glass to those guys. That's a long journey to have it pay off right now in the, uh, the midst of an ap- an ap- a pandemic. Like, that's just an awesome moment. Like, we should all be cheer. We should all raise our glass. We should all cheers to Jose Godoy. We should all revel uh, in the moment that he's getting here and the opportunity that he's getting and hope that he gets to make the most of it and hope that we see him in St. Louis because uh, he's like, that's an awesome moment. He's the kind of guy you root for, the kind of situation you root for. Uh, but anyways, as I ramble on to Jose Godoy, I raise my glass. That's why I love the minor leagues, because now we have a moment where Jose Godoy might make a major league impact for the St. Louis Cardinals in the most aggressive short season possible. I love baseball, you guys. Uh, Ryan, Hey, Ryan Schull, what's up, Ryan? Welcome to Prospects After Dark. Bud Quinn says, have we discussed how Dakota Hudson was robbed of the 2019 Cy Young? Uh, we have not. We have not. Quinn makes me laugh. By the way, I got to meet Quinn at winter warm-up, and that was an awesome moment, and I don't think I've given it the time that it deserves. And I just wanted to say, Quinn, it was really a pleasure to meet you. You're a great dude, and uh, thank you so much. Uh, Ryan, I am very glad you were here. You're, you're a good dude, Ryan. Have you discussed blah, blah, blah? Forgot Cecil is still a thing for March Hayden. Yeah, something we talked about a little while ago. I wouldn't expect Brett Cecil to be a thing uh, very much longer than the 28-man cut deadline. Remember, the Cardinals will start the year with 30 people. Like 10 games in, it gets cut to 28 or something like that. Yeah, he. I wouldn't suspect that unless he's really good, it lasts longer than that. I wouldn't suspect that it lasts to the 30-man. But we're going to have to wait and see. Maybe he's good. Maybe he's ready to go. Maybe his head's right. and We'll, we'll find out. But I'm really excited uh, about the roster spot that someone takes in the place of Brett Cecil. Now, again, I say that, and that's a cruel thing to say, especially for someone like Brett Cecil who's dealt with a lot of emotional trauma. Uh, you know, real fast, I guess – what I'm going to say is I'm going to cheers to Brett Cecil. Here's the hoping that in a 60-game season, somehow Brett Cecil becomes an impact reliever. That'd be awesome for the Cardinals, and it'd be awesome for a guy like Brett Cecil, who has worked to get himself into a tremendous shape uh, during a lot of emotional turmoil and strain. Uh, while I hate the, the results that he's had as a member of the Cardinals since signing, it doesn't mean I can't keep rooting for him as a human being. Oh, boy. Let's see. <laughs> Fucking Cecil. I love that. Uh, Mark Hayden says, Tigers, Royals, and Pirates are 18 of our 60 games. You need to go at least 13 and 5. You know, Mark Hayden, I think you're onto something there. Uh, uh, now, if they go 10 and 8, how disappointed will you be? Uh, you're right, though. That's the goal. 13 and 8 is definitely the, the goal. Cunnilingus uh, says, Kyle, you are not a ducking moron. Don't beat yourself up. Eh, I'm fine with it. Look, I think it's important that we all uh, take a lot of time to be self-analytical and uh, not be afraid to be humble and uh, show humility. I think there's a lot of self-righteousness in this world, uh, and I don't think there's enough humility, so I'll gladly be hum- uh, humble uh, and show humility in the face of self-righteousness. JT Frisch, do you think all top 30 prospects will either be on the main roster or Springfield? Uh, I think I think you're going to see a lot of those guys uh, on the Springfield roster, but to John Mazalak's, uh on, on KMOX Sports on a Sunday morning with Tom Ackerman, John Mazalak said that uh, they'll view the Springfield camp as more of a uh, rookie camp 
So I think you're going to see the seven draft picks. I think you're going to see a lot of the younger prospects, as Nunez and Torres and Romero and Fletcher. Um, I think they're going to use it as more of a, a, a young prospects camp than anything. And I love that. I think that's the way to do it personally. Colonel Angus, people seem to be lumping the White Sox in with the below average teams. The cards are scheduled first. White Sox will be much improved, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think the White Sox are every bit as good as the Brewers. I think you could almost argue, especially with the veterans that they brought in, you know, teams that rebuild that will be introducing a lot of rookies in like the White Sox are, they usually don't have the veterans with the skill that the the White Sox have. And the White Sox are going to be a tough team. Um, No doubt about that. So I'm with you. I think the White Sox are going to be tough. And again, you're going to have to hear me bitch about Luis Robert a lot. Um, Jigsy says, asterisks are not the champagne tastes the same. That's right, baby. That's right. John Grickle says, as long as there's playoffs, there's no asterisks. I love that. I love that mind frame. You know, John Grickle, I'm going to adopt that. That's a great point, bud. That's a great point. Mason Christ says, excited to see more of a KK. Yeah, I want to see more KK too. You know, I, uh, I I heard some reports about KK like he was just an average pitcher. And then when I heard Josh Donaldson say in spring training that he could not see the ball as a right-handed hitter from the lefty KK um, until it was on him and he didn't stand a chance to hit it, that's when I realized that we might have something a little bit more special with KK. So I want to see that deceptive delivery. I want to see that dominance, and I'm excited about it. JT Frisch says, are we in the same boat that it will be 15 pitchers and 15 position players? Right? No, no. I think you're talking about um, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 13 position players and 17 pitchers are 14, 16 at most. Uh, April says, okay, Kyle, we are old and on Eastern time, so heading to bed. To uh, April, my, bro- my brother. Well, actually, you know what? Charlie's my cousin, but he's kind of like a brother. To my brother cousin Charlie and his lovely girlfriend April, I raise my glass. Uh, I love you guys to the Atlanta, Bu- the Atlanta Bureau of Prospects After Dark. I raise my glass. Sleep well uh, and uh, also fuck off. I don't know what else to say. No, you know what I mean. You guys know how I am. Quinn, I swear White, Fo- White Sox fan think Makata is the second coming for some re- some reason. Yo, Makata is really fucking good. That's why they think that. Um, and he's going to be a really good player for a very, very long time. Is he going to win a bunch of MVPs? I don't know about that. That's more than likely not. But, look, there was a reason why Yon Moncada was the number one prospect for a long time. Just like with Eloy Jimenez. Those guys, and with Luis Robert, Luis Robert probably won't have a great rookie season. It's going to take them a little while. They're the kind of guys, because of the way they swing and their approach, that it takes them a little bit longer to, like, build their approach into their athleticism. But those are three. Like, that could be an MVP, MV3. I firmly believe that Eloy Jimenez, Yon Moncada, and Luis Robert could be an MV3 come three seasons, come the 2023 season, 2024 season. Yon Moncada is really fucking good. And uh, you do yourself well to see it. But, again, he's on, not a Hall of Famer or anything like that. I think Moncada still has a lot of potential. I agree with you, Colonel Angus. Reyes will be on the roster and will make an impact. I'm with you, John Greco. I'm really hopeful. I'm really, I really think so. Colonel Angus, I'm a Cards fan up in Chicagoland. Colonel Angus, if you ever come to St. Louis, I want to buy you a drink. Sean Sandepper, baseball is so random and weird that I don't think that a shortened season tarnishes a World Series win. Me either. Um, great point, Sean Sandepper. I love it. Godoy was super friendly when I met him. Everyone has positive things to say about Jose Godoy. He loves taking pictures. He loves signing autographs. He loves getting to the stadium early. He loves working late. He'll work with pitchers. Like, that is a team player. Jose Godoy is fucking awesome. And it's an awesome moment that he gets to be a part of this 44-man. Hopefully, he's around for close to 30. 
Uh, and, uh, like, that's the kind of kid you root for because he's a great dude. I found myself pulling for the White Sox. Look, Cunnilingus, uh, I love the White Sox. I love them. White Sox are a 30-30 team to me. Yeah, I'm with you, Mark Hayden. The real RW22 says, I'll buy a Godoy jersey if he makes a squad. I will buy I will buy a Godoy jersey if he makes a squad. Me too, bud. Team Godoy. Hashtag Team Godoy from the real RW2022. Uh, I already own a Hazel Breakers jersey. I love that. That's great. My birthday on Tuesday, Kyle. Oh, Graham. Gramsies. Go. Oh, uh, Graham, I'm going to try my hardest not to forget. You have to understand, I invest nothing into birthdays. So I'm the worst when it comes to stuff like that. Uh, but I'll do everything I can. Look, um, Graham is, he'll be 19 on Tuesday, whatever day that is. To Graham, I raise my glass. Graham, look, I love you, bud. And you've been through a lot. And I know you're feeling it now. But uh, you're a good kid. And I, look, I wish you nothing but the best. March Hayden says, Gorman in Springfield. Yeah, most certainly. I would think Libertor, too. Never heard of Jose Godoy. That's Greco. Mr. Greco, you know, you know, you know. Love you, Kyle. Love you, too, Quinn. You're a great dude. Uh, Jeff Neal says, 2020, the year of Cecil. Lance Dan says, sorry if you've addressed it, but were you surprised Thompson didn't make it? Now, uh, I guess there's a little background there, Mr. Adam Butler, who I love and who I said nothing but amazing things about just a little while earlier. Uh, I didn't know that there was going to be 44 people announced today until about... Uh, I don't know, 1.30 when I listened to the Mosaic article on KMOX, or a Mosaic interview on KMOX. So when I was like, oh, wait, 44 people? Uh, what? Uh, huh? Wait, what? Uh, I was not, like, I was not surprised that Thompson was not one of them. I would like for him to be one of them. Uh, it, I'm, it sucks that it didn't happen. I'm sure he'll be a part of the 60 men. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's some COVID testing and some guys test positive. If Zach Thompson is one of the guys who finds his way there, uh, he'll be in Springfield, no doubt about it. Um, but anyways, uh, to Adam Butler real fast. Adam Butler, I love you. I had nothing but positive things to say about you earlier. I think you're a great dude. Uh, uh, and uh, to Adam Butler, I raise my glass. John Greco says, Thompson, Libertor, and Cabrera are three lefties I'm excited to follow in the coming years. Me too, bud. Me too. Uh, and also, don't forget Levi Prater. You know, uh, Connor Thomas to a lesser degree, but the, Ricardo Sanchez to a lesser degree. But the Cardinals have gone out of their way to try to uh, uh, to make their left-handed side stronger than in possible years. In uh, possible years? What the fuck does that even mean? God, I'm such an asshole. In prior years. Prior years. Colonel Angus says he forgot about Libertor. Brad Coverance. Hey, Kyle. Do you foresee O'Neill starting over 50 games this year? You think he can put up Ozuna-like numbers? I've been very vocal about saying that I think Tyler O'Neill, if given a little bit of a leash, could definitely put up Marcelo Ozuna-like numbers. At least Marcelo Ozuna, Marcelo Ozuna has a Cardinal-like numbers. Yes, I believe that. Do I see him starting over 50 games? No, because I have no faith that Mike Schilt will do that. I think Mike Schilt will run out some of the same boring-ass people, and I think it's going to hurt the St. Louis Cardinals. And I don't mean that as a knock on Mike Schilt. I just think that you look in the past years, and we've seen that. We've seen it, we've seen it, we've seen it. We've seen Lane Thomas, who was a more viable outfield option, uh, not get at-bats and instead be a pinch hitter and, and 38 at-bats in 40-whatever games or whatever the hell it is. I think we see Tyler O'Neill when he starts, uh, in place of Marcelo Zuna, hit really well and then get hurt and then not get another at-bat. Uh, I have no faith. Now, let me rephrase that. Not only do I have no faith, but Mike Shield has shown us nothing at NL Manager of the Year, I love him. I respect him. He, he's a great public speaker. He talks to the media extremely well. He probably talks to the players extremely well. 
As a matter of fact, the players have nothing but positive things to say about him. He is a player's manager in the best possible way. He's also a great baseball mind. But he also bows down to the veterans, which is probably the smart thing to do if you're in a clubhouse. I get all that, whatever. Uh, But I have no faith that in a 60-game season, he's going to do the right thing with the roster. Just me. Moving on. Glenn Baker, Glenn Barker, 44, says, Thought Robert was going to be a card. Wish we hadn't got him. Yeah, there isn't a person who was more bullish on Luis Robert signing with St. Louis Cardinals than me. Uh, Cardinals LeBron says, how many at-bats would you predict Carlson will have this season? My hope is like 180 or 200 or something like that. We're going to have to wait and see. Mason McCray um, says, woot, woot. Hello, Mason. Woot, woot. Mark Chayton says, please forget Tim Anderson was the AL batting. Holy shit, was Tim Anderson the AL batting champ? I had no idea. Uh, Colonel Angus says, I'll hold you to that drink. I mean it. I mean it, Colonel Angus. Uh, you're one of my favorite Twitter people, and you're one of my – I love all the Pat people, but I'd love to have a drink with you because you seem like the kind of weirdo that would just mesh with my weirdo. Uh, if Mr. DeWitt pisses me off enough one day, maybe I will become a White Sox fan for good. Uh, to Mr. DeWitt, I raise my glass. Uh, Mr. DeWitt doesn't make enough billions for his ventures. That's funny. God damn it. See, you get me. Mark Trayton, I'm scared of the Cubs, uh, the Cubes. I think 60 games can really help them a lot. Yeah. And the other thing that doesn't, like, the Cardinals fans don't appreciate enough is just how good the Cubs become when Chris Bryant gets healthy. And Chris Bryant's healthy. There's no doubt about it. So, uh, we'll see. Possibly, possible years from now I will be old. Possible years from now I will be old. I will never be scared of a cub. Not even if there's a fire. And then remember Mike Matheny from Colonel Angus. Colonel Angus, we're going to see Mike Matheny up close, up close. And also, I am very scared of bears on fire. May, uh, Mason Christ says, if Thomas stays healthy, watch out, Bader. I hope so. John Gregor says, I'm going to pull my hair out as I see Carp, Bader, and Fowler play every day. And they're not producing. Remember, there's a chance that all three could be producing, which is fucking crazy when you think about it, too. But if all three are are not producing and they're in the lineup every day, yeah, you're talking about riotous Cardinal fans. It'll be fun. Mark Trayton, if the local government allows people to push you going, yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, Foster the Person. We haven't had Foster the Person in here in forever. Do you, Foster? I raise my glass. He says, I'm drinking with you. When cards come up to Minnesota, I would love that foster the person. All right, so we are at the end of Prospects After Dark. Look, I just want to say it one more time. My birds on the black, birds on the black family, I love you guys. Right now, uh, probably not right now, but earlier, Tara was recording Gateway uh, with, with Daniel Shoptaw. I love that. You should listen to it. It's great. Tara Wellman is amazing. One of my favorite people on earth, and I truly mean that. Um uh, she also does Chirps with Alex Christopoli, which is one of my favorite bird, like baseball-related podcasts. Check out Chirps, Birds on the Black podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud and whatever other fucking nonsense. I don't fucking know. Look, I'm 34 years old. I don't know a goddamn thing about technology. I apologize. Uh, but check out Tara Wellman and Alex Christopoli on Chirps. They're amazing. I love both of them with all of my heart. Uh, Stu Styles is going through a rough time right now. One of his friends passed. Uh, and Stu is just like the sweetest, most... like. He's the nicest guy I've ever met. You know, you, you run into people, and I, I was fortunate enough to meet and talk to Stu a bunch, and I love Stu. I love Stu with all my goddamn heart, and uh, he does the best game recaps imaginable in any sport for any fandom, and uh, he's a goddamn peach, and I love Stu. And also Ben Cerruti, who was going through some stuff with his dad, and he posted it on Twitter. I got to meet Ben twice in the last 
like three weeks. And Ben is amazing. Ben is amazing. Ben is fucking smart. And his dad did an amazing job raising him. And uh, uh, he's a real man, like a real man, something I aspire to be, but I don't have any chance of ever being. Uh, to meet Ben and to exchange a couple beers with him. And like that, that's the most amazing experience I've had in the last couple months. Uh, it, it's, it's something that will stick with me forever. So between Alex and Ben and Stu and Tara, I'm, I'm already in awe. But then you talk about somebody like Zach Gifford who does Nerds on the Black, which is a, a, a Periscope thing that he does on Tuesday nights, which is wonderful, along with his little man, Archer, which is a little pup that I love with all my heart. Uh, and all of the, the analysis that Zach does, I'm, I can't believe I'm a part of the same group that he's a part of. You know, and then you got Enchil, who does amazing stuff, a lot with Ben Cerruti and also with Stu, but it, Nicholas Childress is an amazing dude. And then to be able to call someone like Cardinals Gifts my brother, someone who I will go to war with until the day I die. Uh, there's nothing that will stop me from being a, a, a war patron with him. Um, uh, to, to be a part of that group means a very, very great deal to me. Uh, a great enough deal that somehow today, uh, even though I don't want to be on Twitter and even though I don't want to do Birds on the Black or Pot, podcast anymore uh, i'm going to continue to do because it's a privilege to be a part of them um uh i'm going to do uh, to all of my birds on the black community specifically cardinals gifts and then branching off to tara and alex and zach and Stu and ben and enchil and dennis i raise my glass because really what i'm raising my glass to is the birds on the black community which has cultivated this amazing uh, uh, product, uh, uh, which is just a way of product, by the way, it's just a way of saying community. Uh, I raise my glass. Martin says, if the local government allows blah, blah, I'll drink with you in Minnesota. Oh, hey, hey, foster the person posting a comment. So Kyle isn't live. Is this the longest pad sesh without going ta- uh, tarps off here? I, like shirt off. Baseball's coming family. Baseball's coming. Shirts off. Baseball's coming. Shirts off, 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 baseball's coming. Yeah, we got baseball. Look, we are three weeks away from Major League Baseball happening. I am very excited about it. I'm very excited about seeing Dylan Carlson make a Major League debut. Long overdue. I'm ready for it. You're ready for it. I'm ready for Tyler O'Neill to hit bombs. I'm ready for Mike Shield to be underneath the gun to make those tough decisions the right decisions. Uh, John Gert says, I've met Kyle a few times. He's a good dude. Thank you, John. John, you're a good dude, too. Uh, I love I love having you honk at me when I'm in a work zone and seeing your truck. That's an awesome thing for me, and I really mean that, and I know I, I hope it comes across that way. Uh, Gift is a gosh darn treasure. I agree. Uh, how are you? I'm horny as always used to be a the L uh, hell yeah Kyle you guys are the best look my pad people are the best uh, I, I raise my glass my last drink is always to the pad people you make this worth doing I wouldn't do it if the pad people weren't here and look we've got baseball baseball's coming at the end of the week we're going to have summer camp summer camp baseball summer camp is coming that's exciting uh to the Hicks family to the Carlson family to everybody who watches my pad people I raise my glass I say good night uh, we got a couple more questions, and then I'll say goodnight. Victoria says, I know I didn't participate, but I listened the whole time. Victoria, you're amazing. Kyle's ASMR is exactly what I needed tonight. Good, Quinn. I hope you sleep well. Uh, Cards Gift says, I never felt more baseball was coming back. That's right, Gifts. We're going to do it, bud. You and I. Shirts off, baseball's coming. BHS says, shirts off, baseball's coming. That's right, babies. 
Uh, as Taylor, doesn't stripping help your writer's block? Man, I wish I could get through this writer's block. I just don't want to write right now. That's a whole emotional thing that I've got to work through, and I promise I'll work through, and I promise I'll update that dirty 35 and turn it into a dirty, dirty 40 soon enough. But I'm also dealing with some stuff, including stuff with the Cardinals prospects, and we're just trying to work through it. Colonel Lincoln, Tyler O'Neill had a PP piercing. Uh, that's what I heard. We talked about that a little bit. Anyone you feel missed out on the roster? No, Carson Clymer. I think the Cardinals did a good job with the, uh, the 44 guys. Uh, just call me, and I'll write for you. I need somebody to transcribe for me. All right, uh, S. Taylor says, thank you for the show. It's my pleasure. Birds on the Black People, Pad People. Uh, uh, if you listen to this, if you were watching this, you were part of the resistance. We have baseball on the horizon. We have a plan of action in case COVID kicks up on the horizon. Uh, uh, at the end of the week, July 3rd, we're going to have people participating at Bush in some type of summer camp, baseball-related activities. In three weeks, four weeks, we're going to have baseball being played in a major league official season capacity. And for that, I am grateful and happy. I would ask, uh, if I could ask one thing of the birds on the black and the pad community, I would ask you to be grateful for what you have uh, and hopeful that the best happens out of what you have. Uh, that's what, how I'm going to continue to try to live my life. And uh, hopefully that, that amplifies in baseball. Uh, let's get through 60 games. Let's get through a postseason. Let's hope everybody stays as healthy as possible. And let's hope we get some amazing action from those prospects we've been writing and talking about, uh, specifically Lane Thomas, Dylan Carlson, and Tyler O'Neill, who I think would be potentially the best outfield in the National League in three years. Uh, and, uh, uh, again, if you watch this, listen to this, you're part of the Reese, the Reese resistance uh, family. You're the best. I feel privileged to be a part of it. And as always, RCTD2 says World Series prediction. I'll say uh, Dodgers and Yankees. And as always, family, happily hunting. Happy hunting? Resistance. Happy hunting. Baseball. We've got baseball coming, family. Jesus.